track My best friend's in a gun rack I'm a low life I owe everybody money I think racist jokes are funny I'm a low life I got a dirty mind A gutter mouth I'm making time I'm going out with your wife Cause I'm a low What's up, motherfuckers? Welcome to another episode of the Low Life Motherfucking Chopper Podcast. Happy Friday to all you low lives. Thanks for tuning in to the Low Life Chopper Podcast. We got a fucking great show for you guys tonight. Woo! But before we get into all that, let's kick this shit off the way we always do with these motherfucking sponsors. You're first up. First up, we're gonna go with the fucking giveaway sponsors. This is a two-part giveaway sponsor this month. So we'll start off with the first one. Motherfucking Zark and Fruits magazine. Fuck, yeah. Absolutely crushing it. Um, last time I seen, he had the... What do you call it when it's like a... The prototype? Yeah. The prototype, the issue five in his hands. Ooh. Looks badass. It was As usual. Um, like Grease says every week, this is going to be the magazine. You're going to kick yourself in the dick. Three years from now, still on this podcast, for not getting the original fucking, uh, not episodes, what issues. Are issues. Um, he's absolutely killing it. Great pictures. This dude travels all over the fucking country. Um, not just the chop shows, he does some crazy shit. I've seen him like climbing mountains and shit. So, uh, if you don't follow him yet, go to Zaga Fruits on Instagram and get yourself some motherfucking magazines. That is correct. Gotta do it. Oh, if anybody is wondering how you spell Zarkin Fruits, Z A R K I N F R O O D S. And I forgot to tell you what the fuck you're getting in that two part giveaway. Zarkin Fruits has generously sent us issues one through four. Whoever wins this month is getting one through four, and then five hopefully is dropping soon. That's one half of the giveaway. Second half of the giveaway. <laughs> You're getting better at these. It's from the motherfucking homie, Chicken Fried Choppers. Um, Chicken Fried Choppers, he's got the pins, patches, uh, local builder shit. Got he's got this. shit from Zarkin Fruit. I mean, sorry, not Zarkin Fruit. He's got shit from Hypnojet Customs. He's got Old Man Motors handlebars. Uh, he's got everything you need. He's got the ton motorcycle magazine yes. in there, too. And, uh, yeah, he's just an all-around solid motherfucker. He supports the job community to the fullest. Um, he's kind of like a journalist as well, just like us. He's always bringing what's going on, and he travels a lot, so he gets to see and talk to a lot of different people. So, follow Chicken Fried Choppers on yep. Instagram. And go Chop to chopshit.com. And his part of this giveaway, so along with the first four issues I can prove, you will be getting a triangle headlight, chopper as fuck, it's the skinny one. No fat chicks allowed. And, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he sent us a shirt, too. I'm not sure. I'll check into it. But it's going to be a banger of a fucking giveaway. So if you're oh, not yeah. a Patreon subscriber yet, you need to head on over to patreon.com slash lowlifechopperpodcast. Get on over there. For anybody wondering, we should start doing this at the beginning of every uh, section of the sponsorship so you know how to get into these giveaways. Head on over to that link. And then head on over to the giveaway level supporter. 
that's what you want to jump into. That's going to get you entered into this giveaway. Every month, you got a very good chance, better chance than you got at a raffle at any bike show you go to, Facts. of winning one of these killer fucking prizes. And every week, we try to bring, well, every month, we try to bring you some badass garage-built fucking parts or swag to hook yes. you guys up. Um, last but not least, we got motherfucking Chop Cold. Lisa over there has been showing us love since day one. Shout out to Lisa. If you guys do not have a... Account over account, there. Account. That's what I'm looking for. Get the fuck over there. It's for everybody. Whether you got Jap, you got Harley, whatever the fuck you're doing. There's a bunch of talented people on that fucking website. They can help you. They got classifieds. They got the Brolidex. They got what shows are happening, Chopper News. So get over there. Show Lisa... Some fucking love and sign up for chopcold.com. Crushed it. God, we are getting good at this. We are. It's like we've done this before. <laughs> that was the first time I had off with those motherfuckers. That's it. Yeah, you, you tackled it all. I feel like I could just kick back and relax now. Because I had nose beers before we started this. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to prep for the low life chopper podcast. Uh, we're going to roll straight into motherfucking shout outs because we got a lot going on in the show this week. Um, what do you got? You got a shout out? I do. I'll start while you look for it. Yep. I'm gonna give a shout out, huge shout out to uh, Zaga Fruits Magazine because they put a uh, ad in issue number five for the Low Life Shop Podcast and for Loctite Shop Shop. So we fucking super appreciate you, homie. He's another one that's been supporting us since fucking day one. Hell yeah. Next shout out goes to white trash underscore icon. Says just use your discount code on a big order from Deadbeat and saved a ton of money. Thanks for that, guys. Woo! In case you didn't fucking know, I'm assuming that code is low life. I I think that's what it was, yeah. I, I should have had it fucking pulled up. We're gonna write it on the board so we can make sure, but yeah, Steve over at Deadbeat Customs, um, he hooked it up. We're uh, good friends with Steve. He's another one. He's local to us. Supports yep. the fuck out of the podcast. And he hooked up a uh, promo code for all the listeners. Pays to be a listener of the show. That's a fact. Uh, next one. I want to give a huge, huge shout out. I'm going to shout out all the magazines tonight. There you go. Huge shout out to Muddle Compo Mag. He just dropped his latest issue. Um, did a four page coverage of my fucking wedding in the beginning of the magazine. Absolutely crushed it. Um, I appreciate the fuck out of it. My wife was so happy to see the pictures. Uh, I think he sent us like 1,800 pictures or some shit. Um, so, yeah, we appreciate you, man. Tons of fucking love. And, uh, again, thank you for the support. Thank you for coming to the fucking wedding. Hell, yeah. Next up, we got Wicked underscore Sig. Says, just started listening five days ago, and I'm over a dozen episodes in. Love this shit. Even when you talk shit about things I may or may not have done to my bikes along the way. <laughs> I'm sure that swing arm episode touched some feelings. Uh, that's me saying that. Then it says, keep it up, fuckers. So, shout out to Wicked underscore Sig. I love hearing that new people are finding the podcast. The more we do this, the more I feel like we, we spend a lot of time talking to the people that we know have been listening forever. Yeah. And, but we're, the fact that we're still getting these messages from people that are like, I just found the show. That's because awesome. you guys are spreading the word. We appreciate that. So to tie into that one, uh, Grumpy J, if you guys remember last week's episode. Speaking of touches and feels. Um, 
he tuned into Tony Nobrow's question. So then I went down this whole rabbit hole of um, what I believe to be a swing arm chopper. Mm. Um, he wrote it and said, thank you for not completely busting my balls. And also, <laughs> thank you for breaking it down. And also, thank you that I now know that I still do not have a chopper. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we appreciate you taking that all in good fun, man. And uh, thanks for reaching the fuck out. Hell yeah. Next up, we got SJ Cooper, 87. Says, hey guys, wanted to say thanks to yourself. I guess it's to both of us. <laughs> and everyone who reached out during my gas cap hunt. <clears throat> Hypnic Jerk Customs, the homie out in Australia, says, linked me up with G-Wiz Cycles out of Queensland, Australia. G-Wiz Cycles is the guy that did uh, Fish Tank Whiskey's yep. gas cap as well. He said, they hooked me up with an engraved pissed off pooch and my business's initials. Pretty cool way to end this build. Thanks again. Super dope. I uh, love that. I if love you that guys, Yeah, if you guys don't follow him, check out SJ Cooper 87 and check out that gas cup. It is fucking sick. Oh, yeah, dude. This, is, this looks like a fucking wolf. Yeah, really cool. That is badass. And that's hand engraved. Yep. That's cool shit. That's G-Wiz Cycles, guys. Check them out. Um, I want to give a huge shout out. Uh, despite the shit that happened at the Last Stand Chopper show, um, I want to give a big shout out to... I don't. I think this is abbreviated for MC Motherfucker Joe. Uh, yeah. One of the OGs of the Chopper game. It was awesome to fucking chop it up with him. Uh, super cool dude. Also want to uh, chop it up. I mean, not chop it up. Also want to shout out Jerry. No, you fucking stole it. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> also want to sh- shout out Jerry because <laughs> uh, I finally got to see the fucking Jersey Devil. Super fucking gorgeous bike. That thing is ridiculous super clean that thing is that's a born free bike i don't give a fuck what anybody says that thing is clean and he brought i don't know if i think it was his boy shovel somebody shovel but he had a shovel that was just as fucking nice yeah yeah yeah. they had the two rolled up in the truck there Mm -hmm. so shout out to those guys um for bringing two badass bikes and last but not least shout out to jerry at 812 inc hang on wait one more before we move off of uh, the first jerry into the other jerry you can do your own shout out also shout out to jerry for the fucking determination. I never seen somebody work so goddamn Dope. hard. This dude for like an hour straight was kicking, trying to feather it out. Feather we don't know out. how it goes. <laughs> starting a Harley with the fucking kickstart. He was out there kicking and kicking and kicking and swapping coils and doing whatever the fuck he had to do to get that bike into the show. And rode into the show. I would have given up so much sooner than that. <laughs> but yeah. that dude put the fucking time in out there to, to make sure that the bike he was entering was a bike that rode in, and we respect that. Yeah, so. that's fucking dope. Um, if you guys haven't seen it, check it out. He was uh, the cover of fucking Cyclosaurus magazine. Um, the bike is fucking sick. And then uh, last but not least from that show, huge shout-out to the homie Jerry from A12 Inc. It's been a long time coming to finally get to chop it up with him. Um, he had the van, which is like, God damn. That thing is fucking vanning goals. That that is so dope. Best van in the game. Another yeah. van pulled in, didn't have a walkable roof, and left immediately. Jerry, you're still on top. He's like my game ain't like that. <laughs> left. Um, yeah, me and Greece climbed up on the top because Jerry has a deck on the top of his fucking van. It has that? couches, coolers, railings, so you can't fall off when you get too drunk. That thing's fucking dope. Straight up rope railings. He was doing the rope a dope. Muhammad Ali style up there. He's like, look, even when you get drunk, you can't fall off. <laughs> 
guy's a fucking it's a man who man. trusts his fucking craft. That's right. Um, yeah, so if you guys don't follow 812 Inc., hit them up. They build some cool custom shit and check out that motherfucking van. And don't forget to put some respect on that name. And put some motherfucking respect <laughs> on that name. That's a Jersey boy. <laughs> I fucking love it. Alright. Hold up. I'm sure that there's more in here. Um uh, I'm gonna give a shout out to Chopper Fisher, who's also at the show and took some amazing motherfucking pictures as always. Um I guess it's a huge shout out to everybody that turned out to this fucking show. Mm-hmm. Um which we'll get into later in this episode. Yeah, um, we're gonna touch on what happened. Get the fucking facts, you guys. But uh, huge shout out to everybody that showed up, despite all the bullshit that went on. Um, I can see the silver lining. It was great to fucking see everybody and rock out with everybody. And yeah, thanks for fucking coming to hang out for sure. And then uh, last but not least, I got a big shout out to fucking Crazy Dave mm. for. Being willing to talk about welding for a good 30 minutes straight with me while we were there. I did not realize that fucking him and Repetto used to work together. And fucking, if you guys didn't know this, Crazy Dave's fucking quite the welder himself. About to take a stainless 6G test this week. By the time this episode airs, that test will have already taken place. So, hope you fucking crushed him, bud. But, uh, yeah, shout out to him. He fucking is at everything. Yeah, Big time supporter sure. of the community. So Speaking about being in everything, uh, you can catch... Crazy Dave, and myself, and Astro Man, and who the fuck else is going to be? Fat Man's going to be there. We're all going to be at Stafford Springs Swap Meet this coming Sunday in Connecticut. Uh, I don't have the details pulled up. It's easy to fucking find. It's a huge huge fucking swap meet. Anybody that's going to be there, I got a fuckload of original takeoff shovel shit that I'm bringing there to sell. Um, So, I'll see you motherfuckers there. Love it. I think that's all I got. I think that's all I got, too. So, with no further ado, we'll go ahead and roll into these motherfucking kicks Kicks in the the dick. dick. Kicks in the dick. Boot in the motherfucking box. Kick in the dick. Kick in the dick or a boot in the box. Tired of your boss yelling at you because he's got a jacked up truck, a tiny dick, a wife he hates, two kids that don't listen to him? Let everybody know how you really fucking feel with this week's daily dose of hate. Kicking the dick, boot in the box. All right. Welcome, motherfuckers, to the Kicks in the Dick segment. It's motherfucking Kicks in the Dick. And if you guys haven't noticed, we are now doing Kicks in the Dick live. Uh, we start a live video every motherfucking week. That's right. On Instagram. And do the live kick. And the live dicks in the kick. Dick kicks. <laughs> you get it. Kicks in the dick live. <laughs> Something like that. So, we want to be able to interact with you guys a little bit more. And people have been begging for the video component. So yeah. here we are. So let's get it, motherfuckers. Who are you kicking in the dick this week? Let's see what happens. People are coming in hot. We've been live for like seconds. And we already got 25 people. People are fucking flying in. I love it. I love all these people joining, but I love more when these people start fucking kicking. So let's get these kicks in the dick rolling. In the meantime, I suppose, we could start it off with our kicks in the dick. Who do you got this week? Um, I'm not sure. Who do I want to kick in the dick? 
Um, God, do you have somebody? It's been it's been a it's been a difficult couple of days, but uh, oh, you know what's he say? <laughs> Tyler Petrie, Littlefoot, y'all sure as hell haven't got any prettier week to week. Oh, I see. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> what do you got? Who are you kicking the deck this week? This week, I hate that everybody comes on and does like high fives and thumbs up. I know we, we get don't it. need this shit. Like we know you're here, bro. It tells us when you're here. Who do you want to kick in the fucking dick? Send them in. Damn, my kick in the dick this week is to all the people who log on to this live feed and then just wave hi or give a fucking thumbs up. Here we go. We got our first one. Tell us who you want to kick in the dick. Let's get this motherfucker rolling. Sleazy Rider 666 says, kicking the dick to the cunt that wanted to bash me, then kicked me off site last week because he's a little bitch. God. Fatman writes in and says, someone start bitching. I don't have all night. <laughs> there you go. Uh, D underscore Mac 117 says, huge Haley's comment. Hold on. I gotta yeah. flip this around. I can't see because the letters are white. Um, I got. I can read it here. All right, go ahead. Huge Haley's comet smashed to the snatch to my ex-wife for scratching my shovel trying to get her shit out of my house. That was ah. an intentional scratch. Yeah, she did that shit on purpose. Um, you want to get Moto Compo here? Moto Compo Mag writes in and says, "One, what? One to the head case dildos at United Airlines." Who have been scheduling my flights home tonight. I'm currently trapped in Newark. What a shithole. Mm-hmm. This is true. Well, I believe that. Next up, we got Big Spence underscore LaRouche with a bunch of goddamn hand signals. You know we're not trying to see this shit, Big Spence. What the fuck is this? Uh... Littlefoot, coming back, says kicking the dick to the state of Tennessee. This is a new one. Usually it's uh, just three or four states that get kicked in the dick on this show. says kicking the dick to the state of Tennessee for making it so hard to get the title for a 45-year-old bike. To that, I say it's time to move to New Hampshire, where you don't need a title for 45-year-old bikes. Uh, this one comes in for from Irapaport. Uh, kicking the dick to you fuckers for doing dick kicks on the fucking live feed. God. How dare you? This is literally what people fucking ask for. This is what the people want. We give the people what they want. Uh, All the way Stody says big hard kick in its little metal dick to my license plate slash taillight mount for ripping off long way. That shit ripped down four inches of quarter inch steel plate the long way. How the fuck does that happen? <laughs> you need to get you a TIG welder, bud. All right, all right. <laughs> um, we got out. You want to do yeah, Appalachian? Appalachian Moto writes in, says kicking the dick to the rainy cold. To the rainy cold. Yeah, there's cool. no period in this. He's just running through the whole sentence. We- kicking the dick to the rainy cold. Can't enjoy the last few days of riding weather with this shit. Amen to that. Big Spence LaRouche. Big More Spence. emojis. Still Stay upset about the it. emojis, bro. <laughs> Still bothering me. So, Uncle Fester 401 says, kick in the dick to every and then hit the send button too fast. <laughs> oh, hold on. We got the rest of it. <laughs> K- 
kicking the dick to everyone who didn't vote for my bike at the last day job for show. <laughs> kicking the dick to Uncle Fest for parking his bike behind the porta potty. <laughs> this is true. He came in on the. I don't, what was that bike? I don't even know. It was just, it was a, a sport bike of some kind. Yeah, it was like a sport bike. Fucking. I don't, even, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it was. We got Astro Man, nineteen eighty five, long time homie here. Says kicking the dick to myself for just finally getting my bike back on the road. I don't care if it's forty degrees out. I'm going riding. He actually went riding tonight. So. I can uh, attest to this. Um, ego dipshit. I want to... Hold on. I want to kick the cock gobbler uh, who quit in the middle of a project, who lies about his experience on the job. Also, kicking the cunt to the state of Florida for raining so much. I ready to go home. <laughs> if you're gonna get drunk before you type it, we're gonna That's read it the way you wrote it. Shit. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh yeah, was, he says it was twenty. Yeah, Uncle Fester was a 2014 Yamaha FZ6R. It's a fast bike. It's a sport bike. Mm. Arlen Taos says prophylactic. <laughs> oh my god, Big Spence. <laughs> <laughs> More emojis. How does this thing work? <laughs> How do I kick this guy out of live chat? <laughs> Bordertown72 underscore Waco. That's a long name and very hard to say. Says, kicking the muffler pole to my co-worker who wore his shit-stained shorts to work all fucking week. Nasty motherfucker. Someone finally left him a note on his toolbox saying his britches has shit stains. <laughs> God. Fuck, dude. Uh, <laughs> next one comes from Chopper Fisher. Kicking the dick to my old man for flipping over my brand new socket set I let him borrow today. And then leaving it for me to reorganize it all. <laughs> That's oh, a tough one. That is. <laughs> Rappaport says, how about a dick kick to the boyfriend, in quotations, of my 13-year-old daughter, just because. God. We both have daughters, so we can understand this concern here. Listen, I'm flipping this around. Rappaport, I have a certain set of standards. When it comes to my daughter, I will beat the fuck out of a 13-year-old kid. <laughs> I don't care. There's no fucking shame in my game. Try to date my daughter. Any little kid. Listen, if you got kids, let them know. Don't fuck with Loctite's daughter because I'll fuck you up. I'll come around here. Astroman1985 says, how do I get kicked out of this group chat? A.K.A. a bunch of fucking hand signals. Uh, we've got next <laughs> Uncle Fester, because Astro Man throws in a bunch of fucking hand signs. Uncle Fester writes in Astro Man with the first sign language kick on the dick. <laughs> uh, All right. I'm not going to read it, Fat Man. Fat Man writes in and says, I just want to see if you read all these comments. Fish Tank Whiskey says, kicking Harley Davidson engineers in the dick for putting too many wires in a sportster. It's not a Tesla, you dumb cunts. <laughs> hey, they just came out with that uh, simplified wire thing. I got the email. I'm pretty sure it was Lowbrow. Who? Uh, a simplified, so it's a plug and play wire simplif- simplification harness. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. It's out there now. So Fatman just dropped that same shit like three weeks ago. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That he'd be selling simplified 
Sportster fucking wiring harnesses when you do a chopper. Oh shit! Yeah, they already rolled it up. They got a video on YouTube showing how it goes in and all that, that shit. Is mm-hmm. tough. That is a tough one. Uh, we got a new face that I've never seen here. It says uh, Sawyer. Oh, God. Wrench Breston. Sawyer Wrench Bretson. I can only believe that he's Russian. You have to read it like Sawyer Wrench Breston. <laughs> That's a spot-on Russian accent for anybody listening. Kick myself in the dick for inheriting an 82 gold wing and not touching it for over a year. Things gangster as fuck. Brain victim. God, everybody's writing these fucking emojis. Fucking emojis. Wait, he changed changed his his fucking name nonstop. Wait, is this Scum City? Jesus (laughs) Christ. Redbeard dot lesbian rights douche revolver. Kicking the dick. <laughs> That's what LRDR stands for, I'm guessing. Uh, kicking the dick to the dick. Because without the dick, there'd be no kick. Fair enough. That's cool, bud. <laughs> we got uh, Captain Cannon becoming a familiar face around here. Want to Shaolin shadow kick my red wings right into these little bitches' meat pockets for not covering for me Sunday in missing last stand. Wait, what? Kick my red wings right into these bitches' meat pockets for not covering for me Sunday and missing last stand. Are your shoes supposed to cover for you? No, he's saying shadow kick. <laughs> I don't fucking know. He's trying to say he's kicking some of the meat pockets. Oh, with the I red see. Wings. He's kicking the person with the red wings. <laughs> yeah. Nate Bev writes in and says, kicking the dick to all the people. Every one of you. Fair enough. We got uh, Taz Charker kicking the dick to hip, for Hypnic Jerk just because he'd probably like it. He's keen as a bean for those kicks to the beans. I think you skipped some here, too. We still got, you, you want to get Evo Jesus here? Mm-hmm. You want me to? <laughs> you want to get Evo it? Jesus. Kicking the dick to this warm weather. What? Can't let deer hang and have to get right to cutting. Hashtag low life hunting podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. Sawyer Ingbretson says, kick myself in the dick for ordering shocks that are too low and sounding like a fart machine going down the road, bombing out on everything. Uh, Costa uh, Cowboy writes in and says, kicking the dick, the sports the treatment at lowbrow. Oh, that's the that's the kit. Oh. That's that wiring thing. He's kicking that in the dick. And then yeah. Fatman follows up and says, kicking the dick to Lowbrow. <laughs> and then we got a kick in the dick to Fatman for kicking Lowbrow in the dick, coming by way of Chopper Fisher. So God. there's a lot of people just here kicking the shit out of each other. Fish Tank says, saw the kit. It's about 200 bucks. Mm. Which really isn't that bad, I guess. If you're getting a whole wiring harness, you don't have to do shit because you're lazy. It's the You're paying for the fact that you don't have to do anything. Obviously, right. the wires are a lot cheaper than that. I've seen but... this as a meme. You're not paying for the work. You're paying for the years of experience that it took to create the work. This is true. Rusted350, another new face around here, says, kicking the dick to helicopters. Fuck these leaky, vibrating pieces of shit. God, you're driving helicopters and then riding choppers? Dawson Dillon just writes in and puts a fucking middle finger emoji. So flip him off, Grease. Yeah. Give him it. Listen, Dawson Dillon, you're getting booted. See you later. Blocked. 
Astro Man says Prism has one of those wiring die uh, harnesses too. Oh shit! Here now, anybody? Hey, if, if you're fucking wiring your bike, apparently seven million people have had this kit. We've all been asking about. Fish Tank says, "Looks like I'm selling my body again." We got Redbeard one ninety six. He changed his name again, just <laughs> halfway through the live feed. <laughs> Kicking the cooter to being laid off and having to put off all of my chopper and van projects. Uh, Irapaport has uh, a little bit of misunderstanding about what lesbian douche revolver is. I don't know, man. Gotta Google it. All I'm saying is Redbeard changed his name all the time and it was LDR or whatever the fuck it was. So I took a guess. We got Arlen Taus. Who was on the podcast not that long ago. Go back and check out that episode. It says, kicking the cooter goes to air gas. Oh, I love reading things that kick air gas in the dick. Kick to the cooter goes to air gas for being the only douchebags in town for welding supplies and not even having brazen, brazing flux in stock. But sell bare fucking brazing rod, you fucking cunts. <laughs> and for charging twice the price of my local shop for fucking... Filling up Argon. Hey, I should put this out on the air. Last time I went in there, I brought the receipt from the place that I usually go to get my Argon tank filled for like 35 bucks. And when the guy told me it's 60 bucks to fill the tank, I showed him the receipt. And I was like, I will go elsewhere if I can't get a better price. Got it for 40 bucks. Who is this for? Haggle with your local air gas. This is a PSA that they will fucking drop their price if they have reason to believe. Who do you usually go to? Because I actually need to fill two bottles. Uh, Granite Industrial. And where is that? Dairy? Dairy, New Hampshire. All right, cool. Yep. But I will say, if you buy your first, if you buy a tank from them, it's probably going to have bad gas. Both I have of my two tanks. Both of my, yeah, if they're filling it, it's going to be fine. But if you're buying a tank, have them dump it out and fill it back up because I, both of my new tanks from them, bad gas. PSA. You want to read the next one? Uh, brain victim. Kicking the dick to having a fever the past weekend and couldn't do anything. That Wonder does where suck. where you were at. Uh, Shovel Breath 666 says, Big fucking kick to my own dick for talking shit on CV carbs. In the same day, having my SU carb puke gas everywhere and being a pain in the ass to do any work on. Yeah, those are weird. Those SU Eliminator ones, those are the ones that look like a big tube. It's like really tall and skinny. It looks like a, a like an XL Coke can, but it's all silver. Those mm. things look fucking badass, but yeah. yeah, I imagine you have to take that off and it's a pain in the dick. <laughs> Uh, Fat Man writes in, I'm a little fucking confused about this one, but says, licking the dick to Chopper <laughs> Fisher for kicking me in the dick. Damn. Really, them way, to, really uh, weird way to get back at him, but... That'll teach him. That'll teach him. Uh, next one. This one is uh, definitely towards me. Is uh, Redbeard, LRDR. He writes in and says, <laughs> LRDR, learn to read, drunk retard. I did not know. I misspoke on this. And it's actually Redbeard... Lesbian revolver douche reducer. So, <laughs> I apologize for misspeaking on your name. At least we got that cleared up. Next up, we got Wiff. Wiff that's unfortunate. Wicked Waffles Boston says, kicking the dick to Harley Davidson for making the XR1200 have tons of weird one off parts that cost way too much money for a piece of fucking plastic. Who's putting plastic on bikes? Did you skip Nate Bev on purpose? Oh, no, on mine, that's not there. Oh, Nate Bev. A kick in the dick to the fucking people interrupting me while I'm trying to write my kick in the dick. You'll get your fucking beer in a second. <laughs> 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 oh, I love it. 
Oh, man. Fish Tank says, fat man's licking dicks. That is weird. <laughs> <laughs> fat man also goes on to say, our wiring harness is only 150. Hey, there you go. Um, A Feeny 617 says, I'm here to get diner suggestions up Epping for when I drop my bike up the shop this week. This is very much misspelled, but I think we get the gist of it. Um, Where can this man get something to eat when he drops his bike off? A Feeny. Uh, Fat Man has been shown the spots. Tell him to bring you somewhere. Fair enough. Caustic Cowboy clears this up, says full statement was kicking the dick to lowbrow in the Sportster treatment for introducing it exactly when I'm halfway through my own DIY wiring job, because of course they fucking did. <laughs> Fair enough. Chopper Fisher writes in says, having a sword fight with Fat Man has been the best thing since Dead Beat Retreat. <laughs> hey, there you go. Sawyering Bretson says, talk more about hunting. Do you bow hunt or rifle? Uh, I strictly am archery. And then I'm about the shotguns. So you get a little bit of both. Yep. It's almost that season, too. We'll have a lot more to talk about after we get out in the woods. Lunatic Yankee says, fuck air gas. Always overpriced on their gas. And this is absolutely correct. This is true. That's who I lease my bottles through. Uh, Fatman Custom Motors finally coming to his defense on licking Maddie in the dick. And says, <laughs> couldn't kick Maddie. He's a good dude. I'm keeping it friendly. <laughs> Tony Noba says, kicking the dick to all the people who didn't come in for tattoos, knowing that I'm going on vacation and will definitely want to spend money. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. It's understandable. Easy Co. joining in, saying, kicking the dick to Firefest and CT. Not sure what Firefest is, but yeah, this Firefest thing. We get it. <laughs> yeah, we know what you we know what you mean. Ace We're gonna get to J. that later in the episode. Don't yeah. you worry. Fish Tank says Effing Taco Bell. That is not the place to go, bud. Oof. Yeah. Chopper Choppers for Children says, "What's your opinion on twin cams?" That is not the place to ask this question. <laughs> We're doing kicks in the dick, bud. Good deal. Uh, I think that's it. We, uh, you guys crushed it this week. This has been a good one. Yeah. So, with that, oh, God. Um, with that, we're going to end this segment of Kicks in the Dick, and we're going to get on with this motherfucking show. See you cunts later. I'm here for the helicopter podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, so, on a little bit more of a serious note, um, Last Dan Chopper Show been a huge fucking topic this week um all the questions were heard uh i know everybody's been wanting the information and wants to know what the fuck is up and why people aren't talking to them so we reached out to dave uh aka rebel scum who's one of the hosts for the show pretty much talked to him collectively with all of the other uh, vendors for the show and told him this is something that has to be fucking done um, that people need the fucking answers so Dave willingly decided to come onto the show and this is what he has to fucking say so Dave appreciate you being willing to come on here and discuss it there's a couple yeah. things that we want to jump into the first is the vendors we've had a lot of people asking about where the vendors 
responsible for the way that the show went down. A lot of people have sent negative feedback to some of these vendors. I'm just going to go ahead and let you speak on that for a few minutes. Yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, I like, I can't really express how fucking horrible I feel that so much negative stuff has blown back on, on the vendors that were there. I mean, whether it was people who mailed stuff in or, you know, guys who, you know, rode down and set up a, a table or a booth or whoever it was, you know, like A12 Inc., you know, you guys, Low Life Chopper Podcast, Chicken Fried Choppers, um, fucking Dirty Bills guys, yeah. you know, and then like Midnight Cobra sent a package in, um, Death Trap Co. sent a package in, and there was a little mix-up in customs with Hypnic Jerk stuff, but, um, so that, that his package actually never came, but Chicken Rick was there with some of his stuff, you know, to help out, and, um, it just sucks that all of these people have gotten dragged into this, you know, this mess that, you know, I was part of creating, you know, they, you know, all Jerry did was, you know, make some fucking awesome trophies, you know, and do a little bit of shouting out on Instagram, you know, right. And that's all that you guys did. You know, you guys plugged it on your show and, and you showed up, you know, chicken Rick plugged it on his page and, you know, he showed up. You know, the Dirty Builds, same thing. You know, Dirty Builds, all they did was help me find the campground. They right. had no other part in the planning or execution of the show. And um, the same thing with anyone who mailed stuff in. You know, they literally just mailed stuff in and gave us some promo. That was it. You know, it, it wasn't... There was They had no other part in any of this. And I just feel really bad that through the confusion and speculation and whatever that they're being dragged into this and their names and, and their brands and their images are being tarnished by, um, by things that were out of their control. And I just think it's, it sucks because I was the one who, who dealt with all the vendors and getting them there and the people who donated for raffles. Like I was the one who dealt with that. And I reached out to people that I trust and I care about and I, I support and to see, you know, you and the rest of these companies suffer the way they are because of, you know, poor organization and, and some other stuff that went on, it just sucks. Well, I appreciate really you sucks. at least setting the record straight on that. I know there's been a lot of confusion with people about what exactly the vendor's role in all of this was. So... Thank you for at least clearing that up for people that didn't know that or didn't believe that. Yeah. And, and yeah, I'm more than happy to, you know, like I, um, yeah, I mean, I'm more than happy to, I, I respect you guys a lot. I respect Jerry from eight twelve a lot. I respect Rick a lot. I respect the dirty builds guys a lot. And I have, and I'm super appreciative of the other companies, Midnight Cobras, Death Trap Co., and Hypnic Jerk that reached out from out of state and out of country to, you know, help support this that are, are just getting fucked over, you know, for no reason, you know, for something they had nothing to do with. Right. Um, you know. So I think and like, that... And anyone that sent stuff in, it got sent back. 
You know, I right. mean, I had a I had a conversation with Midnight Cobras. That's what she wanted to do. I she has pictures of the tracking number, the custom slip, and the package at the post office. Right. You know, I talked with Death Trap Co. He kind of he was just like, dude, I don't fucking care. Keep the shit. You know, I, I'm. You know, but yeah, it's just have, it's just people that mail things in, right? It's, I have the messages from him. If you want proof of that, right? I think what led into the whole vendor thing is <clears throat> this is probably the biggest question people have is the whole money thing, where people paid a little bit steeper of a price to get into the show, and with the expectance of a thousand dollar cash prize. I think that's probably one of the biggest questions that people want to know, just what the fuck happened. Yeah, I mean, they paid 25 to get into a show that they expected a lot more things at than, than but like the 1000 cash prize was like the holy grail of all those things. I mean, right. I, you know, before the venue owner started mixing things, there was supposed to be the burnout barge and all this other stuff, you know, like there was supposed to be, you know, like a beer stand and like multiple food trucks and a bunch of stuff, but the thousand cash prize was the holy grail. And to be honest, uh, the, the money wasn't, uh, the money wasn't something that I was, I dealt with, you know, like the, the money was handled by, um, by Frankie, by this, by, by our main sponsor, you know? And, uh, and I was fine with that. I, I had, I had no reason to not trust him, you know? And, uh, Right. So, what was the plan going into the show for, like the, the for the thousand dollar cash prize? Yeah, the plan, as far as I was concerned, as far as I knew, as far as was discussed, was there was going to be a thousand cash prize there. Right. You know, it wasn't. You know, and it wasn't until a, a couple hours into the show that <clears throat> I was pulled aside, and it was like, "Hey, there ain't going to be enough to cover this." Uh, Hey, there aren't enough people here to, to be able to cover this attendance, or to be able to cover this cash prize with the attendance here. And uh, so that's when that first became known to you. Yeah, I, I didn't, I, I didn't have any idea, man. And I, I just feel shit because at that point I'm kind of panicking, and I'm like, well, fuck. Like, so to set the record why straight, is that, you... why is that not here? Like, how was that even an option that we would depend on? the attendance to cover and like it's not unheard of you know but it's it's usually something done at bigger shows that right. are more consistent like like they're already been in an annual groove right you know so to just to clear up all the confusion going into the show in your mind it was a thousand dollars guaranteed just like everybody else and thousand yeah, dollars guaranteed and 250 for the best rap bike. Right. So you did not take home the thousand dollar cash prize. Yeah, I didn't even. I didn't even. Uh, yeah, no, I did not take home any money. I can send you my bank account right now. Right. I because I know that was one of the questions. Like, well, did the host take home a thousand dollar cash prize for a bike? And people just want to know because even if you took it home, there was never no showing of it at the award ceremony. So in people's yeah. minds, they're like, well, you collected this money from everybody that came. What the fuck happened with all the money? <laughs> so yeah, I, mean, I, think, I that's, think that's the other thing, too, is I didn't touch any money at the event. I, nobody, I, I, 
I don't know, the people that were there, I really wasn't at that front desk. And to be honest, I should have been. Right. A lot of other things that went wrong could have been avoided if I had been there watching things and had more of a handle on things more often. Right. So just to break it all down, you didn't take home $1,000. Nobody took home $1,000. And the reason for that being is because the turnout wasn't as big as Frankie had hoped. Yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, it's like I said, I didn't know that the, the cash prize was dependent on there being enough people there to produce the cash prize. Right. And that's you really know? what's causing a lot of the the feedback that we're seeing, in my opinion, is people thinking that this was all predetermined, your bike was going to win no matter what, you know, yeah. and, and the thousand I mean, was going to come in. So I think setting the record straight on that is important for people to understand on the, on the backside of this. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I didn't even know that my bike was an option. Yeah, we should actually roll into that about how it became to not be people's choice and how those the three winners got picked. Because that was another thing people were pissed about, that they thought yeah. that it was going to be voting. And then, obviously, I know because... You were at my booth when it got brought to your attention that no tickets were handed out when people were paying to get into the event. So, I guess what people want to know is how did it come up to be we're not going to do people's choice and who picked these bikes and how did it end up being the people that it ended up being? So... All right, basically, so the first part of that, of, of this issue, is completely my fault. Which is what, the tickets? I, yeah, the tickets thing. Okay. I should, and that's why I said earlier, I should have been at that front desk making sure whoever was there knew what the fuck they were supposed to be doing. So that was the original plan, though. People were supposed to get a ticket when they paid to get in, and that's how people were yeah. going to vote. Yeah, if, if your bike was in the show, you were supposed to get a little block with a number on it. Yep. You know, and then a ticket. And then if people, if someone liked your bike enough for people's choice, they were supposed to write that number on the ticket and put it in this box that was at the front gate where you checked in. Yep. And that was just so, because the original plan that was posted was it was supposed to be um, a little bag next to each bike, kind of like Born Freestyle, or like yep. a little box. Yep. And um, that just, with the space and everything, it would have, uh, the decision was made that it would have been harder to keep track of possible dishonesty in the voting, which sounds like a fucking joke now, but, right. you know, and if, if we just put one big box up in front that way, that's like zip tied shut, that way we can cut the zip ties and count everything. The, the plane was at three o'clock, but with the weather, there was just kind of a like a panic, basically. I mean, I was at your booth when, when that was all brought to my attention, that no one got handed tickets at the front, which, right. like I said, that's Yeah, I remember that completely. conversation. Right. And so where, how did it transpire to what it did from that conversation that happened at the booth about no tickets being handed out? Yeah. Like, how did you, how did it come up to, like, however the hell people got picked? How did that decision get made? I mean, it, it sucks, man. Like, I, it wasn't my call. You know, like, basically what happened is, you saw, I, I got pulled aside 
I got pulled aside by Frank. He, he was like, no one's voting. And I was like, well, fuck. I pointed back to some of the, like to some of the guys that were there. There was a couple vendors, a couple people in attendance. Right. You know, basically, why don't we go have them pick like a, a few bikes and then people can vote on those bikes or just go have them pick what they think. Like, like basically, let, let's have anybody but us choose these fucking motorcycles, please. Right. Yeah, I heard that conversation because like you said, you were standing in front of the booth. So I did hear that part of it. I heard you say, what about having these guys? But after that, you guys moved away from the table. So that's what I'm saying. I don't know what happened after that point. So basically after that, what was told to me is that a little earlier, you know, like a bunch of OGs got pulled out from the crowd. Like just a bunch of old, old school chopper guys from Connecticut. Right. Got, got pulled out from the, got like, you know, pulled out and basically went around and, you know, presented Frankie with their decision as right. to who they thought should have won. I mean, I guess the, the toughest part about this is, is the complaint that I've seen and have been, my phone has been fucking blowing up since this show, is that it was you that took the best in show. Dirty builds. Well, no, I took I took people's choice. Oh, people's choice. Sorry, people's choice. Dirty builds took the rat bike, and then Frankie's boy took best in chopper. So it looks like you know what I mean. From the outside, it looks like you won best in fucking show, whatever the fuck it was, and then your homie won best rat bike, and then Frankie's homie won best chopper. So it looks real yeah. fucking suspect. You know what I mean? Yeah, it looks fucking horrible. And like I I. I don't know. I wasn't completely comfortable with it, and I wish I had. <clears throat> I wish I had done more in the moment. Right. And and I and I, I fucking hate myself for not. You know, like I I just. But but so like you un, said, you understood you understand or I don't know about understood but understand now at least the optics of it and and why people would be upset with that result. Yeah, I mean, like I even kind of understood then, but I just. <sighs> I kind of, I like a little bit understood then, but I really fucking understand now. I didn't, yeah, I really understand now. Yeah, and I mean, that's, I think that's where, where the main source of frustration with all of this is. And, and, it, you, and it just sucks because like that wasn't, that wasn't really my call. And I think you what know? people want to know is, was that the plan the whole time from the from before the day of the show? Was this going to be no. the turnout? That that wasn't that was never part. That was that was something I actively planned against. That was gotcha. something I actively uh, like. Like when I figured out that I was bringing my long bike, I was bringing it to not be fucking competing. When I was handed a, a fucking the the wooden thing with the number on it. The little piece of two by four with the number on it. I thought it was just so my bike didn't fucking just jackknife into that that field. You know, I mean that number ended up not meaning anything anyway because of how everything was picked. But, right. You know, it, it just, I, I don't know. Like, I, it, it it was a decision that I wasn't super comfortable with, but. 
I, I'm like a, a lot of things I've heard from a lot of people I talked to that were at the show. It's like we all felt the same way. We all felt like that's a little weird. Right. But no one's fucking said anything. You know, I mean, like I said things to try to prevent what happened from happening at the end, but I clearly didn't say enough. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I think that that addresses the majority of what people are are feeling after the show. Yeah. There's a bunch of things. Obviously, you know, things happen with the food and with the drinking, but those are not the primary concerns. I don't want to get bogged down in the weeds right. personally on all the little details. These were the main points that we heard. I appreciate that you're willing to take the responsibility, explain what happened. Uh, it helps because otherwise, if you know, if, if nobody's saying anything on from the planning side, people feel like they're not their their concerns aren't getting heard, and they already paid their money, and then they're just a little. Uh, I mean, rightfully ticked off. What were you going to say? Um, are you done with everything? Yeah. Um, I agree with Grace. I think most of the shit people want to know has been answered. Um, so. Is there anything else that you want to, like, say to the people that came in attendance, any of the vendors, any, anything? Just like a quick, like, whatever the fuck you want to say before we wrap it up. I mean. I take an enormous amount of responsibility for how everything went down. You know, there, there were rogue decisions made that I had no idea about. Um, some that I could do something about, you know, and some that I, I couldn't do anything about. And, you know, it's not, it's not all my fault. And, but it's definitely not the vendor's fault either. Like, I can't stress that enough. Like a lot of people are fucking with me. But, like, way more people are fucking with the vendors, and I can't stress enough how it, it has nothing to do with the vendors. You know, like, I was, I'm cool with, I mean, not really anymore, but, like, I was cool with every vendor that was there. And that's why I asked them to be there. And, like, I've just, to have all, to have such fucking stupid last minute decision making, these rogue decisions that were made come in between. All the friendships that everybody there had, has forged over the years, over the past couple of years, the past year or so, too. It just sucks. And I just feel super responsible for kind of squashing any sort of like cool chopper show scene in Connecticut for a little bit. And I just want to say I'm sorry about that. You know? Right. Well, I think the biggest thing is, is the money thing got answered. Um... <laughs> how the picks got answered and you're openly admitting you know the show got fucked up and I think that's the biggest fucking thing I think that's what people wanted to hear they just wanted to know what the fuck happened and they wanted to know that the the people who put it on recognize that mistakes were made and that it shouldn't have gone down that way and I feel like those things have been hit I don't want to beat a dead horse here and just continue to talk about the same things I, I appreciate you owning up to the things that happened and personally I don't know what else there is to say other than yeah. you know what you what you've already discussed. Yeah. Cool. So we appreciate you clearing it, letting people know what happened and 
I think we can all just move on and keep riding choppers, keep building choppers, and just keep the culture tight knit. Keep yeah. it moving. I mean, that, that's all I wanted, man. That was the whole purpose of the show. And when I was approached with financial backing to do it, like I jumped at it, and uh, I just got tunnel vision. To be honest, once before the show even happened, like. Once the venue owner started messing with us the way they did with the burnout barge and the beer and the food and all this stuff, we should have called it off. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely that's a good lesson to come out of this, too. There's things that are negotiable, and then there's once you hit a line, better to just cancel it. But that part, I attribute to inexperience as opposed to bad intentions. So I can understand yeah. how I mean, that part went. Yeah, I mean, I, there was definitely inexperience as a factor, but I don't want to make excuses, you know. I fucked up a lot. I didn't fuck up everything, but I fucked up a lot. And uh, I'm just sorry that it left such a bad taste in everybody's mouth. And I uh, hurt so many people that I, that I care about. Or, well, you're doing the right thing to at least come on and address it. And like we said, we appreciate you being willing to do that. I don't think there's anything more to... that that we can ask of you here. So thank yeah. you for taking the time and uh, yeah, we'll roll into the next segment of the show. So there you have it guys. We don't want to beat a dead horse here or talk about this forever and ever. Those are the answers to the questions that we've been hearing you guys ask. Hopefully this is able to clear it up for you so we can all just put this to bed. That being said, we got some good shit to talk about with this yeah. greasy dozen. Let's move on with this motherfucking show. Um, <clears throat> so, as most people know, it's that motherfucking time of year again mm-hmm. where the greasy dozen is kicking off. Um, for the people that aren't familiar with this show, um, it's a show that gives the local garage builders a chance to build something with a little bit of help from the industry. Um, it's got to be stressed that it's, this is the first builder collective. Um, it's not a competition. All 13 people that get selected are winners. Um, everybody gets gift cards, parts, support, and just the camaraderie of building fucking choppers. Um, I don't want to go too far in it because we're going to get into like this whole fucking thing throughout the show. Right. Um, but it pretty much just gives people a chance with a little bit of backing to build a bike they've been stalled on. And then the guys that put it on give you a spot to get together and fucking do some camping. They cover the entire fucking event. There's no entry fee. There's nothing. Even if you're not in it, you can come party with everybody, camp for free. It's a good fucking time. It is absolutely a blast. So to give you guys a quick rundown on who's putting this show on. So the event is put on by Bear. He's from Old Bike Barn. So you should go and follow Old Bike Barn on Instagram. Um, And then also follow The Greasy Dozen on Instagram. Those are the two places that you're going to be able to get the majority of the information that you need on the show with stuff that's coming out. As Loctite was saying... This is put on by Bear, supported by friends from the industry, from the scene that we all love. It's an event that is designed around garage builders. 
There's actually a limit on this. If you're like a full-time shop, this is not the show for you. Or excuse me, if, if you're like a large-scale shop, this is not a show for people in that situation. They're trying to highlight people who are building shit at home with stalled projects, really focused on that garage builder, which is awesome because that's what I am. That's what Loctite is. Well, I know things are getting more official for both of us here, but that's really the, the stage that we're at. And we know all of you yeah, guys are pretty much in corporations. That. Yeah. They're one, two-man fucking teams. Mm -hmm. And I believe that is the condition, too. Like, no more than two-man teams on, uh, yeah. so on the garages. One that, of the questions on their post is, who can win? And it says, we focus on garage builders and small shops with two employees or less. Mm -hmm. So, that's one of the qualifications. Yeah, so that says it right there. So, I went to this event last year. It was fucking amazing. It really is such a great group of people. They had a pre-party. They had, well, we had our own pre-party. But um, the event itself happened at a brewery. Great beer, great prices. All 13 bikes out front. Really talented builders in all different type of bike. That was one of my favorite things about it. That's one thing that they definitely stress on. Is mm -hmm. It's not just like a chopper show. It's literally made for anybody that's into fucking building bikes. I saw Cafe Racers. I did see one chopper. Some dual sports. <laughs> yep, some dual sports. The fucking guys over at Keebler Customs had like a... That thing was like half dirt bike, half street bike. That mm -hmm. thing was crazy. Amy's bug out bike fits in no category, so we'll just call that the bug out style bike. Right. It was all kinds of shit there. <clears throat> and really great people all around. Um. Plus, they had, like you said, there's the show, and then there's camping the next night right. at the, like, party. Big party, no entry fee. Again, this thing's out in this, like, big open field. They had a ride from the actual, like, the place where everybody was staying, because obviously it's going on in Ohio, if uh, anybody doesn't know. And when we rolled in, we were all staying in a hotel with a bunch of other people. We had a, we had a party the first night in the parking lot, ripping bikes around. I had, like, the side chick half taken apart, trying to get it running. Everybody's doing last-minute shit on the bikes. We were just ripping around the parking lot, having a fucking blast, tearing shit up. I'm sure the hotel hated it, but they didn't say anything about it. Right. So that part was super cool. The next day, we got to explore the city a little bit, wandered on over to the show. Awesome fucking time at the brewery, chilling with everybody, getting to meet all the builders. That was a blast, too. And then the next day, they had a big ride. Must have been 100-plus bikes on this ride. They rolled all through... I say they because my bike shit the bed, but uh, they rolled 100 plus bikes on like a six hour ride. They went fucking everywhere and it's all nice back roads out there. It's not just like fucking farm country where you're on straight roads next to cornfields. Right. There is some of that, but for the most part, it's just beautiful back roads riding, big ride, 100 plus bikes rolling into the campsite. Then it was just a fucking full on party. These, dude had, these dudes had coolers of beer, just take as you please they had food all kinds of shit going on and crazy shenanigans huge bonfire people getting tattooed people right. people hanging hammocks off of fucking trucks it was it was really just exactly what a bike show should be so i was stoked i got to get out to that got to bring fox too that was fun she got to see it be a part of it as well i didn't even have a bike in it but amy had a bike in it brandon had a bike in it I was happy to be able to get out there and support it. Right. 
And then this year, as you guys know, or maybe you don't know. They probably don't know. We've both entered our bikes. So tell the people about what you entered, and then we'll get into how we entered and how you guys can enter, which you should. Um, yeah, so this year we both entered bikes. Um, there's actually a bunch of our crew that entered bikes. Um, but this year I entered in a 1980 shovelhead, uh, kick only. Um, you gotta say that. Yeah. Kick only. (laughs) Shovelhead kick only. Um, I entered that in the chopper category. Mm -hmm. Um, my plan is with recent events. So I went into this with the idea of entering this in as a rigid chopper build. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Has that changed? From recent events with the last show from Grumpy J and the long list of other people that have asked what my problem is with swing on choppers and what I consider to be a swing on chopper and not just a swing on that people put gas tanks on. Um, I've decided. <laughs> <clears throat> I've decided and I'm 100% committed to it now that I have entered in the 1980 Shellhead as a swing arm chopper. Um, I'm going full frame up build. Everything's coming out. The frame's getting uh, molded. It's getting the whole frame's painted. All the tins are being painted. The motor's being worked all the way up. Uh, all new gas. I'm not building the motor crazy. All new gaskets, new ignition, um, new front end, new wheels. It's going to be the same thing I would do on a rigid build. Right. Everything's coming out of the frame and it's being built up from the ground. And that's what, and again, this is my opinion. This isn't what the fucking standard is for a swing on chopper. I thought you just had to put a sprung seat but on it. But so many people asked me what my deal is with them. So I figured what better way to show what I qualify to swing on chopper than to just fucking build one. It's Amen. completely out of my wheelhouse. It's not what I fucking do. I fucking came up with the goddamn catchphrase, the name of the game is Cut the Frame. So, that's what it's going to be this year. I'm just so now fucking, we're going to have to make hoodies that say the name of the game is Mold the Frame. That's it. So we'll get started. Going fucking hard. Hard in the paint. <laughs> that's it. And, uh, yeah, that's it. It's going to be interesting. I love that, man. I think it's the perfect thing. It, Grumpy J, I'm glad you brought it up. This This... Gives it a reason because, as we all know, this is a show that highlights some more unusual bikes. Right. I feel like this is the perfect time for it. Right. You could build a sick, rigid shovel, and we've seen a lot of them. Yep. We see a lot less swing arm chops. Right. And again, now we'll have a picture to point to. Right. Um, I don't know how far you want to get into like what I'm going to do for the build, if you want to come back to that, or what you want to do. Yeah, we can close it out with the plans. That kind of gives the... General sense of what you entered. Mm-hmm. I'll touch on mine briefly, and then we'll touch on how other people can enter their bikes. Okay. And then we can go down the rabbit hole with like all the plans. Cool. Let's do for it. everything. So my entry is a bit of an unusual one too. Sticking with the theme of what this show is all about, I'm entering a bike that I don't think anybody's entered before. I've never even seen one entered in any show that I've been to. I've Yamaha. only heard of a couple people building them. <laughs> yeah. So it's a it's a Yamaha Roadstar 1600 cc motor. I think it's the biggest one they made at that time. Huge fucking... So if you can head over to uh, Nick J. Farrow on Instagram. See a picture of the motor. 
see a picture of the frame. I already got it in the frame jig. So the plan for this one is a lot more ambitious than anything that I've done thus far. I'm a little nervous about it, to be honest, because there's no roadmap for this. This is not like a common bike. There's no kits out there. Nobody's really servicing this model. So it's going to be a rigid frame. It has a soft tail style frame stock, and I'm deleting the whole transfer case. So the transfer case is going. The oil tank is built into the transfer case. So basically the whole back half of the motor is getting ripped off. And it's going from left side belt to right side chain. So I got a lot of measuring to do to get this frame. I should I got to get the sprockets and stuff in to make sure I got the everything right for the axle plates. So there's going to be a lot of framework involved. And then we'll get into more specifics on the plans as far as like paint scheme. But I will put it out there. I'm looking for a painter. When this bike gets ready for paint, I would like to bring somebody in to help with that. It's not my specialty. I know, guy. I'll get into that when we get into Perfect. the details. <laughs> Perfect. I like it. Um, and then style-wise, it's got chunky tires front and rear. And I'm thinking about keeping the chunky tires. I've seen a lot of skinny tire wouldn't bikes. wouldn't look bad on that bike. It's a big bike. Yeah, I've seen a couple of those like stripped-down frames with the real beefy balloon tires. So... The cat squishers? The cat squishers. Yeah, buddy. You remember. So I think it's going to look different from 90% of the choppers that you see out there. And that's the whole point with this build. So we're both going to be challenging ourselves here. Yeah. I like it. So how do you enter? This has been, yeah, I'm sure after hearing the breakdown of the show and you're going to want to know how the fuck to do it. Right. And um, it's very easy. First. So the big question is everybody always asks, well, what do you win? True. Here's what you win. You win a long list of gift cards from companies that have supported the Greasy Dozen uh, for a while now. Uh, to name a few of them, Old Bike Barn, Biltwell, Lowbrow Customs, Lead Sled Customs, Indian Larry Motorcycles, Chop Colt, and S&S Cycle. Damn. That's a all-star fucking lineup. That really is. Um, all these people, pending what you're building, obviously... Um, if you're building, say, Yamaha, there's nothing for you at SNS Cycles. Sick. So, can't wait. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's that's a good fucking amount of people that are going to be sending you gift cards to help you get through this build. Um, so, your way to enter uh, there are three categories chopper, cafe racer, and tracker. Um, to enter in, you go on Instagram. Well, first, you Google what a tracker is. <laughs> you then you find Instagram. out that's for you. Um, find this post, which is a picture. It says Greasy Dozen Builder Selection. Uh, share that post. And then follow Old Bike Barn and the Greasy Dozen on Instagram. Post a shot of your build in its current state with hashtag Greasy Dozen Selection in the category you want to enter. Um... Entries are being accepted until November 18th. Not sure how soon after they'll pick. I'm sure it's going to take a little while. A That's bunch about, of people enter into this shit. Yeah, it's a little under a month from when you're hearing this. Right. So get that entry in. Um, yeah, so that's the way to get in. It's super fucking simple. And if you bound the fence or you just have a fucking product that's sitting there and you got no fucking ambition to finish the goddamn thing. There's nothing better than a hard fucking deadline. That's right. With a little bit of backing from some of the fucking top-notch people in the industry. 
And as the people that have done this, we happen to know two of them personally. I met all of them at the show last year. We'll attest to, if you get picked for this, people are going to be reaching out to see what they can do to help. Mm -hmm. That's one of the greatest things about the community. If you're feeling like you've got this project and maybe you want to do something more ambitious than you've done before, this is a great way to make sure that you get networked in with the people that you can reach out to. Everybody wants to help out. That's that's if what anything, we do. It's a great way to meet new people. Mm-hmm. And another thing to attest to that is Amy just did her road trip across the country and stopped and hung out with a bunch of people that were... That she met at Greasy Dozen. Yeah, that were in her class of Greasy Dozen. So... I know they do like their own little like group text and like and they're all, like Grease said everybody's trying to help each other get through it and then <clears throat> kind of the calm after the storm is you get to go down to Ohio and fucking party and like celebrate everybody fucking completing their build so that's it it doesn't make sense not to try it even if this is your first build just fucking do it because you're gonna meet a bunch of people have been networked into more people that can fucking help you get through it. and because of the nature of the event. You know, two man or less shop, mainly garage builders. Trust me when I say everybody feels the same way. Everybody feels like they're not ready. Everybody feels like this is a build or this is a competition for people that know more than they do. But it isn't. It's for you. It's for that person who's building in their own garage and wants to step their game up a little bit and have a little something on the line to encourage them to get it done. Don't let it scare you away. Put the fucking entry in. Let them decide. And if you get picked, it could change everything for you. That brings me back to Amy again. I know I keep bringing Amy up, but Amy is like, could be the spokesperson for the Greasy Dozen. Mm-hmm. Um, this girl has never, ever built a bike. Didn't have a place to build a bike. And she wanted it so bad that she had a fucking shed built in her backyard. And turned it into a full-blown garage. Put a lift in there, toolboxes, fucking everything. And just went to fucking town. And, like, figured out how to fucking do it. And reached out to people when she needed help. And this is just from a first-time builder. Who wanted it and fucking made it happen. And made it to Greasy Dozen with a gorgeous bike. So, I mean, if you're having second thoughts, hit up Amy. Ask her how the process went. And she's a great girl. She'll definitely fucking walk you through the process. And she's going to tell you the same shit. Just let her rip, Tater Chip. And ask her <laughs> to borrow that fucking bearskin rug. That's it. <laughs> Makes a fucking killer piece of the show. So, yeah. We're stoked on it. Can't wait to see who gets picked. I know it's still a month away, but... Uh, fuck, I'm, I'm going to start plugging away on this bike now. Regardless, whether I get in or not. That's I'd why like to, I did. I'd like to ride this down no matter what. I officially started the teardown tonight, which is Tuesday night. We yep. record this on Tuesday. Officially started the teardown. Um, mainly because the Stafford Springs swap meet is this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to take all my takeoff parts off. There you go. In hopes to find something that's building or, well, restoring a shovelhead. So yeah. that's what kicked it off for me. <laughs> um,. How do we want to jump into this? I think, uh, let's talk themes. Theme for the bike. Do you have something in mind? Is it, 
Yeah, I guess we can start there. What's what's the theme behind it, if you've decided already? I know some of that shit comes along the way. Um, so I got a pretty good idea on what I want to do. Um, again, this is strictly my interpretation, which I feel like everybody's build is their interpretation of what they believe is a chopper. Mm-hmm. Um, my interpretation is like heavy, heavy work. So... Everything is being changed. And like most people are like, well, what the fuck can you change about a swing arm bike? And blah, blah, blah. Um, Color of the shocks. Yeah. <laughs> Powder coat the shocks. Chopper. Um, no. So, well, I guess we'll start at the rear of the bike. Um, I've already taken all the passenger peg mounts off. I don't need any of that shit. It's going to be a solo riding bike. Mm-hmm. Um, I am making it a dual brake caliper. Cause I'm not going to run a front brake. Uh, so I'm going to fab up that mount. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, we'll probably end up using grease because it's going to be made out of aluminum. Um, like God intended. Yep. Uh, I'm moving the rear... Well, the bottom mounting brackets for the shocks. I'm going to bump those back probably an inch, inch and a half to try to get a little bit lower of a stance in the rear. Yep. Um not sure if I'm doing covered shocks or if I'm going to expose the shocks. I haven't found which shocks I'm using yet. Um, that's going to depend on how far I move those fucking uh, bottom tabs to mount the shocks. I need to figure out the length of the shock I'm going to use. Um, seat, I'm really not sure what I'm going to do for the fucking seat yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really partial to King Queens, but I just... I've been a huge advocate of not putting a king queen on a swing arm bike because it just does not look right. Yeah, it looks... Uh, it doesn't... Swap meet Corbin Gentry, baby. Yeah, it just doesn't sit deep enough in the frame like it does with a hardtail bike. Um, so the seat, I have not a fucking clue on what I'm going to do. Uh, I'll probably end up just fabbing a seat pan and then seeing if I can get Wes to fucking help me out and fucking get this thing done before Gracie doesn't. Yep. Um... Definitely molding the frame. Uh, that's going to be so much fucking work. It's so much more work than doing a rigid because all the old shovel heads, it's got like cast pieces and the fucking pipes plug into the cast pieces. So there's just welds everywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a fuckload of work. Um, the tank is going to be super narrow. Uh, it's really going to be a narrow swing on job. Uh, it's going to have a sissy bar on it. The fender's going to be narrow in the rear. Um, ripping the motor out, going through that, all new gaskets, uh, all new exhaust. Um, it's already got chrome fucking rocket box covers, so i got to clean all that shit up. Already got the kicker arm I want. Uh, found a pretty dope kicker pedal that I want to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a brass bicycle pedal. Yep. But... I'm also flirting with the idea of designing my own kicker pedal and having Dirty Builds cut it out for me in a CNC machine. Um, trying to think what else. High bars, low bars. That That's a tough one. Um, so I flirted a lot with doing a 10 over and raking the neck. But then after doing research... Um, not really research, just I've probably looked at 2,000 pictures of swing-on choppers. And 
I just don't know how I feel about the long front end. It's just, I don't know. Hmm. I'm still torn on that. I'm not saying I'm not doing it, but I'm just not sure. Um, I also like it with just the stubby front end on it. It just, it looks good. Um, but I'm not, I'm not completely sold on it yet, so we'll see. But definitely, <laughs> either way, depend, no matter what the length of the front end is, um, it's going to be, with any hopes, so I can get my hands on them, it's some Mullins Narrow Trees. Yeah. Super, super, super fucking narrow trees. Um, shaved lowers. I have an idea for the lowers that I want to run. I uh, don't want to put that out yet, so I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, no front brake. And the bars are just going to... That's going to probably be one of the last things I do. Because I just have to see the stance of the bike once it's done. The motor's back in. Um, I have a couple sets. I have a real tight set of H-bars. Yeah. That uh, Jerry hooked me up with from A12 Inc. Um, I've also been talking to Wannabe Fabrications about getting a set of custom bars made. Something that nobody else has. Um, it's going to be tough. Because I, I really want to fucking go over the top of this build. Um, the paint is being done by Foesmobile. Uh, if you guys don't follow him, it's F-A-U-X-S-M-O-B-I-L-E on Instagram. Uh, he's an absolute fucking beast. He is does crazy, crazy good at paint. Um, I wish I could touch more on the paint, but he's just like an absolute. Fu- he's he's legit an artist. Like he can look at shit and just knows what the fuck it needs to be. Um, so I put all of my confidence in Maddie, and we tossed ideas around. I told him what kind of shit I like and what I don't like, what colors I don't want. And he's just going to go from there and fucking run with it. Um, he does extravagant fucking paint. If you guys don't follow him, check it out. But uh, he's going to do all the paint. There's going to be no front fender. So it's pretty much going to be the frame that he'll paint, the tank, and the rear fender. Nice. Um, not sure on the headlight yet. I have a couple of different headlights at the shop. Um, again, that's going to have to be something down the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once I start seeing it come together. Um, I'm thinking about, depending on what the stance looks like, I have a invader front wheel that I may run, but that's going to depend on what front end I'm doing and what it looks like once it's on the fucking bike. Right. Because it's not a 21, which sucks. I could buy a 21, but I'm pretty sure like 500 fucking dollars. So that's Inva- a lot invader, for a wheel. Invader yeah. 21? Yeah. They're pricey. Um, so with any hope, if it goes the way I want, it'll be in Vader front and rear. Um, that's pretty much it. It's going to be like a job. There's going to be no directionals. There's going to be no horn. There's going to be no mirrors. None of that shit. It's just going to be super clean, narrow, and the essentials. You're going to be able to look at it and be like, that's definitely not a stock bike. Yeah. And that's what I... <laughs> think is what a fucking swing on chopper is for sure so that's pretty much the basic rundown i'm sure when we talk about this again fucking two months it's going to be totally different but things will change we'll see i like it man i can't wait to see it starting to take shape Mm. because and so both of these bikes are getting built whether we're picked or not do you have any questions about what i'm doing that i didn't touch on so i feel like it's easier like Cause I'm just like trying to get everything out and not forget yeah. anything. I'm thinking through. 
Well, I got a bunch of questions for you, but I'm just going to see if you touch on them. Uh, what are you thinking? Keeping the stock tank? It's so tough because... Running a different tank? Yeah, it's really fucking tough because leaving at the swing on bike, I don't really have a spot to put the battery because you right. really like you don't well, what gain... kind of tank is on it now let's start there it's start like the little uh what the fuck is that called the lunchbox tank like a little square fucking mm-hmm. uh yeah the so the battery's not sitting in it no yeah. the battery sits side by side with the square oil tank what is that called it's lunchbox, lunchbox. Right? yeah i call it that i'm sure chopper bob might know that yeah <laughs> what i'm sure people, somebody has a legit name what we're supposed to yeah, call it looks like a fucking lunchbox but it's super fucking clean it's not all dinged up uh whoever had the bike before i had it took care of it it's super fucking clean so if I can find a spot to put the Except battery, paint. You gotta strip that paint. Oh my god, the paint on the motor! I didn't even get into that. Um, I may keep it unless I can find a way to relocate the battery. Um, because I'm only doing kicker and a tail light and a headlight, I can run a super small super battery. Small, yeah. So I may be able to change the oil tank, but that's gonna be determined on what happens after I stop pulling shit apart. Um, totally forgot about the fucking motor. So the so, motor is... 1340 shovel, right? Is a, Yeah, the 80-inch shovel. Um, it's got an S&S carb on it. I gotta um, start saying cubic inches so I can sound like a cool guy. I keep talking about <laughs> 1340s and 1600s. People are like, who is this fucking guy? <laughs> so, yeah, 80-inch shovel. Um, it's got uh, S&S carb on it. Uh, runs really good with the oh, SNS yeah, carb. Oh, yeah, what carb? That's another the one. The SNS Super E carb. Air cleaner? Um, Are you going to keep that cleaner? It's got the stock SNS teardrop on it. I love the look of that thing. Probably not going to keep it. I'm not a fan of them. They're just so big, and they like they cover too much of the motor. Um, just going to eat cereal out of it then? Yeah. Just use it as a bowl. It's tough. Um, I'm not sure. I may keep it because it is really clean. It's in good shape, but we'll see. It depends on how much time I have after doing all the rest of this shit. Right. Stuff um, um, it's got the shittiest training. Does it? Yeah. Piece of shit. But it um, just doesn't shift well? No, it shifts It shifts fine, but it's not a ratchet top. Oh, yeah. You get this. Which sucks. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to find a good deal on a ratchet top. If not, it's not a fucking game breaker cause, or deal breaker because it does shift well. Baker, we're talking fucking NFL street <laughs> right here. About to fucking catch on fire. Um, oh, you know what we didn't talk about? What? How's it going to shift? Still torn. Very torn. Um, hold on. I'll get to that in one second. All right. Um, yeah, one thing at a time. Right? Yeah. We'll start the oil tank. So the tranny does shift fine. I could run it. Um, it's just not a ratchet top, which sucks. But whatever. If I find a good deal, I'll run the ratchet top. If not, fuck it. Um, the other problem with the fucking motor is somebody spray painted the whole fucking thing black. The entire thing is spray painted flat black. The hoses are flat black. Everything's flat black except for the chrome rocker boxes. Mm. It's tough. So with that, now I'm replacing all of the hoses. I'm replacing the brass oil lines. Um... I oh, so it's all rigid oil lines right now. Yeah. Um, I'm replacing all that shit. Um, you stay rigid? Or you I wanna, gotta get... What? You stay rigid or you want to go to rubber lines? Um, 
No, I'm gonna say with the. I'm talking about the ones that like feed the head and shit. Oh, okay. Like gotcha. the, the original brass ones that go right between the two heads. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna replace those. The rubber. I do have the rubber lines to go from the motor to the fucking. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. Um. Yeah. Now I have to when I pull the motor out, um, doing all the gasket and shit. Like I said. But I gotta get all that fucking paint off of the motor. I refuse to have a fucking black spray painted <laughs> motor. Um, so that's gonna be a fucking task in itself. Everybody's got a flat black bomb something, right? It's crazy. And like if you move the rubber hoses to go to the oil bag, it's still aluminum. So, so there's like just... stripes of aluminum and then black paint because they didn't even move the hoses to paint the fucking thing. Mm. So I gotta get all that fucking paint off, which sucks, but it's gonna happen. Uh, I'm definitely not submitting a fucking bike to any show if I get in a crazy dozen that has black spray paint all over it. Well, you did a great job with the one with your um, stepchild build. That actually had black spray paint that on motor. it. Yeah, that had black spray paint on it. So I know what goes into this, and I think with that motor, I had like eight hours just into cleaning it. Got to be better to not be doing this where you where you did that. Yeah, I did now that you got in the basement. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing like some fucking d d paint. Right. Thinner or whatever the fuck that they call that shit. That was fucking tough. Um, Paint stripper. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, nasty this, shit. Yeah, this build around, I'm set up pretty fucking nicely. Um, still no pro by any fucking means. I'm not a fucking pro builder. Um, I don't know. I like to think I'm good at what I do, but there's obviously people always fucking move on and make better shit as time goes on. Of course. Um, I'm just lucky enough to have... A garage this time around. And the last build, the stepchild, kind of forced me into that. And uh, I leased the garage, and now I'm moving into the house at the garage. So now I have even more fucking time. Amazing. Um, I can put the kids to bed, put the wife to bed, and then fucking go into the shop and work for a couple hours. Um, that really helps. Yeah. It helps so much. Yeah. And uh, the other good part is I do have a partner in the garage, Fatman Custom Motors. Um so any tools I don't have, he does have, mm-hmm. which makes life so much fucking easier. Um, so I'm excited. That's the reason I'm so willing to go so out of my comfort zone and fucking build something I wouldn't build because I feel like I have the right setup this time. It makes a huge difference. Right. And the motivation behind it um, with the Greasy Dozen. I just, I really like what the Greasy Dozen stands for and Bear's a good dude. Zane's a good dude. Um, we, me and Grease both have personal ties to everybody that sponsors this lowbrow and chop cold and all those guys. We've talked to, you guys have heard most of them on this show. Um, so just for what they stand for is fucking huge, which makes you want to be involved in it any way possible. Um, like Grease said, even if I don't get picked, I'm sure the same if he doesn't get picked, I'm still building the goddamn bike and I'm still going to Ohio. Um, Yeah. So that's pretty much... Those are all the plans I have thus far. Um, You're going to run that uh, Avon Speedmaster up front? Is it legal to do anything else? It's going to be Avon Speedmaster. I'm going to need Avon Speedmaster (laughs) with those fucking Mullins narrow trees. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Um, Also run the safety mods in the back. I just like that tire. It's a good tire. Because chopper. Yep. On to the shifting part of it. Um... I'm super fucking torn on this because, again, I'm not going to be running a front brake, but I'm going to be running the dual um, caliper in the rear. Yep. So it gives me more stopping power. 
Um, now that the stepchild's done, never in a million years would I jockey shift that bike. It just does not stop for shit. Uh, which is a problem once you already have other shit on your fucking mind. Right. Um, I'm really fucking torn with this one because I think when you build the shell, it's got to be jockey shift. Uh, it's already got the open primary, so I'm going to clean that whole thing up too. Um, I believe it's an inch and a half belt, maybe two inch belt. I think it's an inch and a half. That's pretty small. Yeah, that's that's the right size. Yeah, we've got the um, OCC. Which scares the, the shit out of me, by the way. The open primary. The open primary is no fucking joke. Like when you're going to put that kickstand up, it's Russian roulette. Like yeah. you can't help but lean over the side of that bike and make sure you're not jamming your foot in the fucking primary. Well, you know what I'd recommend, and I did this on the XS, but it I, I that didn't have an open primary. But I would recommend this is my kickstand on the XS is so far back that I put it up and down with my hand because it's it's like behind if I'm sitting on the bike with my feet on the ground the kickstand is behind my foot not in front of my foot the only thing that worries me about that is you really got to fucking step on it to kick this thing over so I feel like having it that far back might be true I don't know I'll play with some ideas but it's Russian roulette shoving your fucking foot down there. <laughs> yeah. Anybody with own primary knows. Like, it's fucking sketchy jamming your foot. I mean, I'm sure once I've been riding it for a while, I get used to it. But uh, when I first got that bike, I was very well aware that that bitch would fucking rip my damn toes off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's right there. All <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's going to stay there. Um, jockey ship is still up in the air. Gotcha. We'll see what happens. I like it, man. Yeah. It's good plans. And with a tank, I mean, I really don't have, like, too much on the tank yet. It's just going to be super narrow, going to be Frisco'd. Um, pretty much just, like, your standard fucking super tight chopper, but with a swing arm and done the right way. Fuck yeah, man. That thing's going to be sweet. Yeah. I can't wait to watch it come together. And super clean bars. There'll be no controls on the bars whatsoever. Amen. Nothing. Can't have it. Yeah. If you got the fucking the, clamshells the up there, yeah, not chopping. Can't do it. Not chopping, bud. Can't do it. Matter of fact, everything that came off that front end will be at Stafford Springs. Everything. The front wheel, the original Harley wide glide with chrome lowers, uh, the original headlight bucket, the bars, the original switches, everything. I was like, I don't need any of this. Dual disc. There's a dual disc front end, and I'm like, Oof. see ya. <laughs> yeah. Later, bud. Yeah. So, if you're interested, get there quick, because that bitch is going to sell. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. I just can't do the wide glide thing. Me and you have had this discussion I many know. a time. I know. I was thinking, I was like, man, this would be something good for Greece's fucking build. I'm actually, I was thinking that, too. Well, I'll get into that when I talk about mine, because I have some, some things that, uh, with the front, that are going to be difficult with a Roadstar. Right. Just parts availability and all that. Did we miss anything before I jump into um, plans here? Headlight. Yeah, I'm not sure on the headlight yet. Um, I really like running the dual headlights. Yep. I just, again, it's going to be, once I see the stance of the bike, then I'll start making those small decisions like headlight bars, taillight, all that bullshit. I think with a taillight, honestly, I'm going to use Hypnojerk. Yeah. I really like, like, it just goes with, like, the slim thing of the bike. I can tuck it right in the sissy bar and all that shit. And, right. Um, 
Yeah, this bike is going to look like a 100% show bike. It's literally only going to be a show bike if I get into Greasy Dozen. After that, it's just being ridden daily. Yeah. Um, I didn't even get into the way I got the paint job. Uh, Maddie's the homie. It's at Foles and Bill on Instagram. Um, we worked out a deal. I had an FXR. Uh, what the fuck year was that? 85? 80-something. I think 85 FXR. Yeah. And uh, he was in the market for an FXR. I was in the market for a fucking badass paint job. And <laughs> that was it. We fucking made it happen. I gave him the FXR and fucking he's going to hook it up with the dopest paint job. But, uh, yeah, so that's going to be the other thing that I take into consideration when building it. That I want to be able to put some serious miles down. Uh, which isn't going to be the toughest thing since it's <laughs> going to be a swing arm. Right. Um, and a big motor. And a big motor. Um I want 80 to build cubic it, inch. 80 cubic inches. <laughs> I want to build it to be able to travel on the fucking thing, which is why I run the sissy bar so I can strap shit to it. And Both of these bikes yeah. are going to be... It's going to be... And anybody that has seen the stepchild, you'll see it's not just a style that I go for, but I go for like the function... Why do you say this? The... Function over form? The, nah. Because I like what it looks like, but it needs to function as well, as well as look good. Because I ride my fucking bike, so... Well, when they're not broken, I ride them. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm taking that into consideration, too. So, I'm trying to build a badass bike, but make it fucking suitable for actually riding. I like that, man. That's it. Good deal. So, on my side of things, like we said, working with a 2000 Roadstar. Mm -hmm. So, still carbureted. Not a lot of parts availability as far as the carburetors are concerned. So Is that I'm probably a single carb. Single carb. Yep. So it's a single carb and does not have uh, push rods on the outside. Um, so there's nothing to to change up when it comes to that. The main the main change is going to be the fact that when you take the transfer case off of this bike, you're losing the entire oil setup. Right. So I need to make new oil lines and I need to make a way for them to feed and make sure that uh, my one of my biggest concerns with this, because a lot of this is going to be outside of my wheelhouse, is how big to make the oil tank. So I'm going to well, make... Here's my question. Does that transfer case, is that the oil pump? No. Well, it's one of them. There's one oil pump inside because... So the new setup would be like a gravity feed to the internal oil pump. The new setup, yeah. So there's... so And actually, this was a big thing. I had the manual out. Yep. And... There's two oil pumps, and I was concerned that if I pull off one of the oil pumps, is that the one, like, is the bike going to feed oil? Well, I think the problem is, though, is, so the way that the bike was originally set up is the transfer case sits on the bottom of the frame, like the bottom of the motor would be. Right, and it had a sump, too. Right. So, so when you no, change the oil, there's two oil plugs. Right. So there's no gravity to feed it to the motor. But if you hang an oil bag like what Harley would do, it'll gravity feed into the motor. Exactly. And then as long as it pushes back up into the bag, which I would assume would fucking happen because you have the other oil pump. Yep. Yeah, that. so I, I don't think that'll be a problem. It'll be able to gravity feed back. There is an oil pump in the motor, but um, you're losing the other one, and I'm going to need to make fittings too because this was not meant to be run this way, and the fittings that are on the bike between the engine and the, oil, and the uh, transfer case oil bag, or whatever you want to call it, um, 
are hard lines. So when you really? put, when you take it off, there's no fitting there. It's not like you were just pulling a, you know... The hard line doesn't go into a fitting into the motor? Well, it goes into a fitting, but it's uh, that fitting is going to be right near where the sprocket's going to be. Oh. So I have some concerns about clearance and how that's all going to work out and where the chain's going to get routed. And I might need to... So right now I have the back half of the frame cut off. Down tube still intact, so the whole front hoop is still there. I might have to cut that front hoop as well. Because what about if you ran a sprocket like uh, the hood rat had, where it pushes out like two inches from the block, and then your sprocket starts? It's almost like a if you took like a say like a coffee cup, put that on the spline, oh, and then the sprocket's on the end of that. Right. It uh, it could work because, but it would still have to match up to the sprocket. On the motor, right, and the sprocket on the motor is positioned in in such a way that the that the frame has this weird bent metal V at the bottom of the down tube that could interfere with it. So I might have to cut that hoop and run it like you would see on any other frame, where the down tube goes all the way down to a cross member at the very bottom of the frame, right. Which wouldn't be that that difficult to be honest. With the jig, I think I'll be able to hold it. Probably just weld. I'd probably just put the motor back in, honestly. I, that would probably be your best bet. Put the motor back in, cut the frame, put a, a cross member at the bottom, and then and then extend the down tube all the way down to that cross member. Mm-hmm. So that's what I might have to do. Once I get the back wheel fitted up, I'll know a little better. It's just it's so tough to know until you until you actually get the chain on there whether it's going to hit. Right. So I got a lot of things to figure out with that. I want to make the oil bag. Um, I have a couple ideas for it thinking like a, a hexagonal long bag so it'd be like somewhere between probably nine and 11 inches wide and it would be like it would have all flat sides yeah mainly because i just don't see a lot of them right um and this bike took a lot of fucking oil so that's the other concern is once you rip this thing off the, the oil bags that hang on bikes have nowhere near the capacity. This thing took like four quarts. I think it was 4.1. So a ton of oil, I'm not going to have as much. It, I don't think it runs on pressure, so I don't think that's going to be a problem. But I'll have to change my oil a lot more frequently. So that's kind of it's kind of a pain in the ass. And I'm still going to have two drain plugs. I'll have one on the actual oil bag, and then I'll still have one at the bottom of the motor. Right. Do Harleys have that? Uh, some of them, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. It'll still have two fill plugs. That's well, kind yeah, of annoying. Actually, but... yeah. And you, change, yeah you, and you pull them both, right? Every time. Well, we have the... Well, so I'll say, on my Sporty, for example, yep. I have the primary drain. And then I have yeah, the okay, yeah. Drain. So it's the same thing. Right. Yep, so I'll have that going on. The motor itself... I'm not going to do anything on the internals of it. The bike ran great. It had plenty of power. I put a new clutch in it not that long ago. So I don't have any issues with the way she's running. I'm just going to let her continue to run. Uh, I am going to clean the fuck out of that motor. As you know, I rode that bike a lot a lot, and never cleaned it. So that's no good for a show bike. <laughs> so I'm going to have to... Give that thing a good cleaning, but the internals are going to stay the way they are. And they have to separate a tranny, correct? What's that? Separate a tranny. Uh, So the transmission is all connected. So no separate tranny on this one. Oh, fuck. I thought... Hmm. Yeah, so I won't have to do that. Thank God. 
So that's one thing that I don't have to deal with. But what, like we talked about on the other episode there, any tranny issues, that means you're fucking pulling the whole motor apart, right. which kind of sucks. Right. But fingers crossed, I haven't had any reason to believe that there's anything wrong with the tranny on this one. So that's the deal for that. As far as the frame, I'm trying to decide on how much stretch to give it. This chain is going to be running quite a long way, so I don't want to push it out too far back. I'm actually looking to keep the same wheelbase that it had stock because I rode comfortably on it with Fox on the back. There was plenty of room for both of us. The frame was pretty long as it is. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to keep the geometry the same, but I have to keep that line. We've talked about this a million times. The backbone has to flow with the the frame rails. Yeah. Yeah. Lean down to that. Uh, So that is that's pretty much my biggest challenge right now. The way my jig is set up, it doesn't hold the axle plates where they are. I need to fabricate something that's going to hold it. Right. Um, if somebody out there has experience with this, I'd be 100% down to have you swing by on the night that I do this. just draws a T, and he's like, that's what you need. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Just drawing the T on the napkin. Yeah, basically it's like this. You get it, yeah. (coughs) So... If somebody wants to swing by on the night when we do that, I'm all for it. I feel entirely comfortable welding it, but jigging this thing out is something I haven't done yet. And that's part of my reason for wanting to do this project and put it in the Greasy Dozen is I want to grow as a builder. This is a step that I need to get more familiar with. So I've got axle plates. I've got the frame rails cut how I want them. Uh, It'll just be a matter of fixturing them up the proper way. Right. The other thing that I'm trying to decide is obviously the rear tire that was on it before. I'd like to keep that tire because I, lo- I lo- the way that the brake mounted the caliper was actually pretty pretty slim given the size of the bike. It tucked uh, in the V of the axle plate. You mm-hmm. guys can't see my hands, but uh, like it was in between the rails that will be on the hardtail. Like how sporty would be. Yeah, exactly like that. Yeah. So I like that setup. Pending, though. We just ran into this. Sorry, I don't mean Yeah, yeah. go but ahead. Pending, because we just ran into this problem at uh, the shop. Me and Fabian are doing a full build for somebody. And uh, the bracket for the brake caliper doesn't fit in that V of the hardtail that got welded on. Mm. So now we have to relocate it to top or bottom. So that's one thing to keep in mind. When you're doing where it pinches from the bottom rail to the top rail, right? keep in mind that you leave that fucking room for that brake caliper. That is a good point. I think it'll be less of a problem on this bike than on a sporty because this bike has a soft tail frame. Right. So it, it already has frame rails that come back like that, whereas a sporty has a a swing arm and a shock. True, true. So it, it, it like sits a little weirder. But we'll, but that is a good point. I do need to make sure that, that, uh, that the frame rails are going to fit. Mm-hmm. So I think the first step would be I got to get the tire put in there and then line it all up right. because the tire also has a left side belt drive and I'm going to be running a right side chain drive. So I'm going to have to flip. I saw it goes without saying I'm using the stock rear tire um, or the stock rear wheel at least flipping it around. I did find a company that makes a sprocket that will fit on the. What size axle is that in the rear? Is it one inch? I think it's three quarter. Fuck. I can't. I, I would have to double check. It'd it to be confirm. dope if you could just like. Well, I mean, it's kind of late now because you already have the axle plates. 
But like slap a Harley rear wheel. If you're like Harley axle plates and rub those on, then better use any Harley rear wheel. That's a good point. One inch rear axle. Right. That would be. I mean, if somebody had a wheel floating around, it's something I could see. We have a lot of machinist friends, so I'm sure we could make one. Yeah, you pretty much just need like uh, what Brandon has. The uh, the fuck's that thing called? Lathe. The, Lathe. No. The fucking uh, Is it a tool or the a mill. Thing? Oh, the mill. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be huge. Um, if I do decide to use a different rear wheel. Yeah. Because it would be nice to have uh, the the Harley wheel in the back. So much more variety. Yeah, there's just there's so many more things that are available. A lot of this stuff is weird. Like, like I said, when you're working with a jack bike, you have to find a way around a lot of different problems. Right. So that's one of the. That's something I gotta. I gotta get that sprocket ordered and here and bolted onto the wheel because then that's going to determine how I do the spacing right. and all the rest of that stuff. As far as I kind of jumped into the specifics, so we'll go a little bit broader here. The theme of it, we talked about it before. Frame going to be all white. Going to have that classic Hudson Bay stripe with the four different colors on the white. Um, as far as where they're going to be, that's TBD. But uh, there's going to be basically frame white, tank white. The stripe pattern is going to carry throughout the bike. Seat-wise, this is a big one. I built the XS, and the, my biggest complaint with it is that I can't, I can't really ride two up with my wife comfortably. Right. Bike's too small. It's just just the nature of, of the size of the bike. I'm sure there's people out there that ride two up on their XS and they're like, I can do it. Well, I can't. So <laughs> this bike has to be comfortable for two people. What I would like to do is do a seat that's going to be tan leather because I feel like tan leather is going to go great. Like a light tan on the white frame I think is going to look awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, like a buckskin tan? Like a... Like a like a a gun holster when it's new. God, there's so many different colors. <laughs> I guess that doesn't help, right? <laughs> so not buckskin, not like that yellow or like that blonde leather. Not blonde leather. No blonde. I, I think if if blonde leather is what I'm thinking about, I'm trying to see if there's anything in the studio. Blonde leather is like a new pair of work boots. Yeah, like I mean, that. even though there's a hundred different colors for work boots too, but right, we're picking all these things yeah. that have so <laughs> so much variety. But we suck at this. Think about. Uh, New pair of thoroughgoods. Right. So you're not talking like brown, like mocha brown or anything No, like not that, not yeah. like a deep brown. Yeah, it would yeah. be like a newer looking brown. Yep. And I want to do, I'll make a seat pan for it. I'm not going to do a sprung seat on this one. I'm going to try the uh, the rigid seat. Like God intended. <laughs> now we got you yes. on <laughs> So yeah, so it's going to have to be a little thicker than uh, what I have on my... On the XS because it's not going to be thinking like springs. a king and queen or like my... I'm thinking like the... Like my Corbin? The Cobra style. So like it's going to come down. Like it'll be like the seat pan on my... Like a... <clears throat> seat pan will cover the whole V where the rider sits. Mm-hmm. And it'll just swoop up the back fender. There won't be a hump. If that makes sense. Oh, uh, I kind of see what you're saying. It's going to swoop up the back. I've always heard it called the Cobra because it looks like a yeah. The front looks like the fucking Cobra head. Um, because I like, I want it to, I want it to be visually flat. But isn't that going to be more like a pee pad then? Because you can't go too thick on the back if you're doing it that way without getting that hump. Well, you can't go any thicker just because you have the hump. You're still 
dictated by the width of the fender. Well, I'm saying height-wise, like thick of the seat, like how much cushion you have. Because the higher you go with the cushion, the higher right, up the hump's going to Right, be. you could push that. Depending on how much comfort we can get into there, maybe a slight hump then. Because if it's something that I do want it to be comfortable for her to ride on, right. I don't think I'm going to have her riding on it out to Ohio. I think that'd be a little be tough. aggressive. But um, yeah, if it can make it comfortable without the hump, I prefer not to have it. But mm-hmm. if that's the only way to do it, maybe we'll put a little bit in there. But definitely not like... I don't uh, think the hump's that bad. It gives a good transition to the height of the fender from... But I mean, that's my personal... No, I, I hear what you're saying though. Um, I'm not envisioning it going up the sissy bar, so no king queen there. I want it to terminate at the base of the sissy bar, right? Um, and that that that'll be where the seat ends. Uh, I want it to be easy on, easy off too, because I'm planning on putting some stuff down below the seat. Oh man, that's tough. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you're talking <coughs> one. Most bolt, of those seats like go up through the fender. One bolt in the front, in front of the seat. You know, a small oh, little you said bolt. like a tab in the back? Yeah, and that tab in the front, tab in the back, pop the yeah. two bolts off, seat like, comes right off. The style I use, like the Corbin one, that directly bolts into the seat pan. There's no tabs. That way there's no tabs showing. Oh, you know I see what, what you're saying. So like take mine off, I have to drop my rear wheel out, and then go up from inside the fender well. Yeah, so for that, I wouldn't be opposed to doing like a, um, making a nice looking... The only thing, think of a of a wing nut the way you're able to twist it on and off yep. by hand, but get in, get some appropriate amount of torque on it, yeah, because uh, it's wide. Making something like that that'll go on the back one so that it looks deliberate, mm-hmm. not just like uh, your conventional like, like it had to be. Yeah. yeah, so we'll make that one look decorative, and then on the front, I'll just do a cross member on the bottom, and I'll just put the bolt. On the bottom side of the pan, right? Do a little, do the tabs on the on the bottom instead of on the top, because that that was a big complaint with my uh, with the P pad on the XS is it goes on from the bottom of the fender, no tabs. Yep, sucks, dude. It's tough getting it on and off is a fucking pain. Yeah, that's why I put nothing under my seat except my oil bag. Right. Yeah. So that that makes it a little tricky. Um, as far as the sissy bar, I haven't made a hard decision on it yet. But I know this time around, stainless. I did mild steel on the last one. I don't want to do mild steel again. I want to be able to polish it. Um, I have I have everything I need to to bend it with the uh, the tools I've got in the garage now, and it's just going to save me a, a step. Same thing with the bars. Making them out of stainless. I want to make them myself. Oh shit. Um, I might have to go to somebody that can put the proper bends in. Um, get the pieces bent up. Oh, they're gonna be bent, not like hard edges. I'm I'm kind of torn on it to be honest. I haven't much like you. It sounds like from what you were, how you want to do the seat, you probably want to bend it because it sounds like you're gonna have more like rounded curves instead of like yeah, hard lines. Definitely, yeah. It's not gonna have sharp edges on any of these things. Right. Uh, handlebars even before you know when it was on there had nothing on them. Just the throttle cable. There's no. There's going to be no front brake, so the bars are going to be super clean. And just slide that throttle cable right on there, tighten it down, and that's going to be it for the bars. Right. Uh, front end. This is a tricky one because nothing is made for this bike, and I want to run the thick, uh, the thick wheels front and back to give it that like beach bike type look. I don't know what the name for this look is, but. Thin, like thin frame, big motor, 
big wheels. I've not. I don't know. Do you know a name? What like if there's a something that people call that? <laughs> but like you've it. seen it, right? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. So front end, I don't think I want to go higher with it. I want to keep it at the height that it's at, and obviously the front tire is going to be a little weird because I, if I can get a Harley front wheel on there, they make a better looking front wheel. I could put like a wheel from a shovel head could go on there. Still have that thickness, but the wheel is a little cleaner. My wheels are a little beat up. Um, the rims rather and the spokes, they're a little fucking, they're solid, but they don't look that great. So that's going to have to change. So I might have to do some tricky shit, shaving the front forks, getting all the fucking tabs off there, making those super clean. And then just a matter of deciding how high I want to go with the bars. And that's kind of, I feel like the bars would be the last thing that I do on it. I feel like it has to be because I tried doing it the other way before and you've seen it. I went through fucking 10 sets of bars. Dude, you have so many bars. <laughs> Crazy. Um, definitely want the bars though to be, to not have risers. That's a big thing for me. I really like them to have, to just riserless bars built in, bolted right to the triple trees. The triple trees on this bike are actually super fucking clean. So here is uh clean as in there's no tabs on them, not clean as in like cosmetically clean. Right. Uh my I'm torn on the riserless bars. Um it looks way better. Uh but the and you get like that perfect flow with the front end. Right. But I feel like the only downfall is you have no control over the pullback or if you need to push them forward. Right. That's why the seat and the controls need to be done before. Right. So that I can sit down, take measurements, and say, this is where I want these to be. Right. Because I love the bars that uh, Wannabe Fabrication made me. But sometimes I'm like, man, I wish these were just back a little bit. Right. Yeah, it's such a tricky thing. But they look so fucking good where I'm like, I'll deal with it. Right. So... You know, that's going to be... As long as you go making a sacrifice. Yeah, maybe I might have to make more than one <laughs> set. Or do what I did with the XS where I got rabbits and then I ended up cutting them off and re-welding them into H-bars. Those are... I can't... That was like such a transformation. Yeah, it changed <laughs> the whole look bars of the bike. to a whole totally different fucking bar. Yeah. Well, I'd already bought them and then I was like, fuck, these were $100. I can't fucking... <laughs> I just got to... <laughs> I got to make it work somehow. Uh, so, Yeah. I might have to do a little bit of modification, but that's more the reason to go with stainless. Like old Christian true. Newman says, you could be welding on it the day before the fucking show. This is true. Polish it right back up. I think I'm also going to run with uh, stainless bars and Jesse bar. Just because, like you said, you can polish it and make it look nice as hell. Mm-hmm. With the mild steel, it's just like, no matter what you do, it's going to get like that shitty look. Yeah. Eventually, dingy look on it. Yeah, it's just it's it's no it's no good. Uh, somewhere either on the front forks or on the sissy bar itself, it's going to be a mount for the axe. Goes with the theme, the Hudson Bay theme. Got to have the axe component factored in there somewhere. So I'm going to need to make like a fun looking mount for that. Um, and then still deciding which axe I want to make it fit. I got like six of them in the basement, so. One of these is gonna get have to have to get picked. I'm kind of leaning toward the double bit. I feel like visually that's the one to have. 
Right. But, uh, and it's just more balanced that way. It's even left to right. That's the one thing about using a non-double bit is it's yep. like it's always fucking off-centered. I think that would drive me nuts. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it before, too. Pegs or um, foot controls, rather. Going to be mini tomahawks welded onto each side. I got a couple already picked out for it. Real small, just about the exact same size as the as the brake pedal and clutch pedal. Fuck. So that'll be super easy. That'll be a fun part, too. Yeah. Um. But I have to figure out how to keep those from rusting because those are my, you're not going to get a stainless, not that I know of at least, a stainless tomahawk. Tons and tons of clear coat. (laughs) Yeah, something. So that'll be an interesting part of it. Decision making wise on the controls on the bottom though, I don't know if I want to keep the floorboards or go to pegs. Pegs are way cleaner, but I really do fucking love. so much more comfortable. Oh my God, dude. I didn't realize how much I loved them until then. I made I built the XS, and I was like, "God, I miss my fucking floorboards." Yeah, but I might trim them down. That could solve some of it. It's just the stance on them. I've been riding this bike with those floorboards. Is fucking. They're just right where they need to be. Right. I don't want to change a thing when it comes to that. My legs are comfortable. We've done rides to fucking fuck. We've done rides to Ohio yeah. on this bike yeah. with that to, with those floorboards right where they are. So. Um, not trying to reinvent the wheel on that. Just gotta. I just gotta find a way to make them look cooler. Probably have to angle them more. <clears throat> yeah, could be sitting lower. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it's gonna need to change a little bit. Um, shifting wise, uh, foot clutch. It's already set. Was already set up on this. I got a, a rock solid system for that already. Yep. Spring return prevents the over travel too. No changes needed on that. Um, I might make the I might make make a fancier rod though to hold it in there. Right. Something else to fit the theme. I haven't thought that part through yet. Um, but it'll be foot clutch, jockey shift. I'm gonna make a new jockey shifter for this one. Now that I have back when I made that other one, I had like a I had the the one ten machine and not much fabrication experience. So now I look at it and I'm like, oh my god, this thing's fucking hideous. <laughs> so that's a huge part for me. I always think about like what is the most interesting way to to carry the theme into the shifter (laughs) yeah right (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know quite what i'm going to do for the shifter knob but um that's going to be i'm going to spend a lot of time on that piece that's what i look at i always look at that on on bikes that's one of the first things i look at right if they're set up as jockey shift is what they chose for it that jersey devil bike that was at the show over the weekend has that nice little devil head on it and i'm like it just you see that Perfect. it just yeah. hits the theme and you're like, it's exactly what it should be. Yep. Um, so that's how that's going to be set up. Headlight. I'm not sure yet. That one's going to have to speak to me as we, uh, I'd love to do the one thing I'm thinking that, that fits with this theme is to incorporate a brass lantern somehow, a small one. I don't want some giant fucking one. And obviously that's not fully formed. I'm going to have to see how I could mount that. If, if I could make that look cool or if it's just going to end up looking chintzy, then I might have to scrap that idea. Right. Um, but that's where I'm thinking for it right now. I like it. Did I leave anything out now? <coughs> I don't think so. I think that's the gist of it. Yeah, I think I we fucking crushed it. 
hit, hit all all the key points, right? Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. So I'm excited, but first step again is getting somebody that has a better jig that that they've set up to fixture their axle plates right up here um, to help guide me on how I can modify mine to make it work the right way. Because once I get the frame squared away, that's everything else, yeah, that that's the biggest step for me this whole time. All the other stuff, I'm not. I'm not as concerned about. That's just that big step that feels... That's actually the reason why this project got shelved in the first place. Was I hit that wall and I was like, I'm not sure how to do this the right way. Right. And then since then, it's been like... Fuck. Can't figure it out. So, that's step one. I'm going to get started on that well before they even pick for Greasy Dozen. Right. So, by the time they pick, I'm hoping to already have the frame... Done. Done. Yeah. And then start in on all the fun shit. Fucking yeah. Yeah, man. Just fucking run into these uh, sponsors real quick. Yeah, good call. So, we got Babes, Bikes, and Beards, Amy Lynn Arrington, and Chris Pizzo out of fucking Chelsea, Mass, putting on some killer events. If you didn't get a chance to get out to one of the B3 bike nights over the summer, you missed out. They put on a killer fucking event. Tons of people in attendance. Really just propping up the community in that area. And giving everybody something to look forward to. They've been a sponsor of the show for a long time. We appreciate everything they do for the community and for the show. And we hope they keep doing it for a long, long time. So head on over to Babes Bikes Beards on Instagram. Check them out there. They've got a Slack team where you can keep up to date on all the upcoming events that they're doing. And just events in general. They do a really good job of tracking all of that stuff. So head on over there. Give them a follow. And tell them we sent you. Yep. Next up, we got Lowbrow Customs. As you know, Lowbrow Customs has their hand in pretty much every chopper event that goes on across the country. Super networked in. Always supporting grassroots events. Helping whether, you know, whether that's giveaway items, financial support. They are doing everything they can to make sure that this community continues and they service, or not service, they serve parts for all your fabrication needs, kits, parts from other other companies that they sell. It's a one-stop shop for pretty much anything you could need for your bike. So if you haven't checked them out, Lowbrow Customs on Instagram, they've got a YouTube channel now with a bunch of cool tech videos and some fucking... Wiring kits, apparently. Good old sports to treatment. <laughs> so head on over there. Check them out. Big shout out to them for supporting the show. Next up, we got Deadbeat Customs out of Tooksbury, Mass. We mentioned them earlier. These are the people who put on the Deadbeat Retreat. Steve over there at Deadbeat. Great guy. Also, big supporter of the CHOP community. I see I see them as a sponsor on pretty much every event that I go to. Yep. They've also got a brick-and-mortar store in Tooksbury there. A lot of people don't know that yet. They've got a great little showroom. Head on over there if you need to try on a pair of gloves, try on a jacket, try on a vest, try on a helmet. That's probably the biggest one. People don't know what fucking helmet size they are half the time. Get on over there. Talk with Steve. He's a great guy. And it's rare that you can find an actual brick-and-mortar shop in the Northeast that's going to have all of these parts and accessories that we're all looking for. 
last but not least, we got Hypnic Jerk Customs. We've talked about him on the show about a million times out there in Australia, making some of the coolest fucking taillights in the business. Got to see them over the weekend. Not him personally, but you got to see the products on Rick's table. Really cool fucking stuff. Mm. Big big taillights, wicked small taillights if you just want to run something super minimal. That little June one that's like a, like a jeweled cut. It's fucking top-notch quality made shit. Yeah, I love what they're I love what they're doing. Points covers. He's got the points covers in colors now. I saw I've those on that, Rick's yeah. table. He's got the red and the orange. Super fucking cool stuff. Always innovating with the products that he's making. Mm. Yep. We love to see that. So follow Hypnic Jerk Customs on Instagram. Check out his shit. And support people making cool stuff by hand. And we've got a couple new things this week. What do we got? We got Ferro Fabrications. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, for all your fucking welding needs, right here in Londonderry, New Hampshire, which is all of New Hampshire, if you haven't heard, Love Taking On Projects just did a little sight gauge. Fish Tank Whiskey came by with a tank for his next build, popped in some bungs for the sight gauge, and smoothed out some welds from the factory. Bunch of cool stuff. Love taking on little projects like that. What's that? Hardtails. Hardtails, yes. <laughs> Almost forgot. <laughs> Yeah, I got to get better with the promoting my own shit. That. <laughs> so we got yeah several hardtail installs for people here in the Northeast. I take my time with it. I make sure everything's straight. We're pulling measurements constantly. Fab table has made it a lot easier. Frame jigs made it a lot easier. If you've got a project in the works that you need something welded on, I am more than happy to help out. You can hit me up on Ferro Fabrication on Instagram. Right to the show. I'm easy to get a hold of. Next up, we got motherfucking. Loctite Chop Shop. Yeah, Loctite Chop Shop. Uh, Epping, New Hampshire. Uh, now collided with Fat Man Custom Motors. Um, we are... We're pretty much a one-stop shop, like Rick put it. Um, we do full builds. We do maintenance. We do uh, full motor builds for the like, high horsepower shit you want to do. And, uh, yeah, man, we're just fucking plugging along couple of wrench guys just trying to fucking do what they love and make a little bit of money off of it. Um, right now, we we literally work on everything. Like right now, we have uh, a new road glide doing maintenance on, doing a full Sportster build, and taking in this week a fucking, um, what's it called? A shovel head that we're putting back to stock. Oh, shit. Yes, yeah, so I guess somebody like, molested the thing and chopped it all up and mm-hmm. the guy hates it so damn we are uh what is that called restoring restoring there we go we're restoring a shovel head back to its fucking natural state i love it man so yeah a little bit of everything you can hit us up at loctite chop shop on instagram or fat man custom motors on instagram love it we got you yeah we will also have a uh, little brick and mortar spot at the spot napping and uh Hopefully we can fucking hook you guys up. Love it. Do we got anything else? Or are we ready to close this one down? I don't down? think so. I think we covered a little bit of fucking everything. I love it, man. Well, then to close this one down, I will just say, we want to see people continuing to roll on with the culture of Shopper Lovin' and entering their bikes in the motherfucking greasy desert. God! 
Ah, I knew you were going to do about the Greasy Dozen. <laughs> you got one about the Greasy Dozen, too? Well, I, I do. I do both of them. Sure do. It's Friday, motherfuckers. If you're wondering why the chopper scene's buzzing, it's because it's time for that motherfucking Greasy Dozen. <laughs> Blame it all on my roots. I showed up in boots. Ruined your black tie fair. Last one to know, last one to show, I was the last one you thought you'd see there. And I saw the surprise, and the fear in his eyes, when I took his glass of champagne. I toasted you, said, honey, we may be 